What's up, bench warmers? Welcome into episode 78. After long last, we have the return finally. Episode 78 of the Far and the Bench podcast. We are back on track with you guys. Very happy that you tuned in on this beautiful Wednesday morning. If you're listening to us right away, we appreciate it. Uh, we got plenty of things to get to. Nico's going to catch up on all of the news that happened during his, his break. And we also have uh, some predictions as to the end of the NHL season. Uh, March Madness Final Four is set. NBA, we talk about Jokic winning the straw poll for the MVP. So plenty of great things that we get into. You're going to enjoy this one. Uh, and, the, and Nico's back. That's all you guys. I, I was running out of basketball cliches that I could throw out there. So he, he's coming back and saving me before. We get back into all of that. Be sure to follow wherever you're listening. Leave a five-star rating and a review. Any podcasting app that you're listening to, follow the Fire Under the Bench. Our new episodes come out every Wednesday. We have a bonus episode dropping for you guys on Friday with Hunter Mullen, NCAA Division II Wrestling All-American. Uh, and be sure subscribe to our YouTube channel at FEOTB Pod. Follow our all, so, all of our socials. If you want to win that $150 Visa gift card, steal it away from Nico and the Kansas Jayhawks. You got to be following all of our social media pages and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Nico, you're hitting on a little bit of a hot streak. Do you think Calvin Ridley he can learn something from you when he's betting next season? Jimmy, all I need to know is when I'm I'm fucking winning a lot of money sports betting. I'm basically Michael Jordan. Did you not get my I'm back fucking Little little paragraph thing. Did we not post that? Damn, Jimmy, what are we doing here? I'm on a hot street. I'm betting on, on my mind and I'm back. Shit, call me the go. And he's back. Beautiful girls tell me goodbye. Trucks break down, dogs run off, politicians lie. What's going on, bench warmers? Yes, I'm back. I'll I'll do the Jordan meme. I don't. I didn't write up a paper though to say I'm back. I'm just telling you by saying I'm back while while uh, doing the center of attention. Jimmy was holding down the fort for the past month and a half. Well, I have had work up my ass and a lot of other things going on. Um, but like I said, it, it was it was a little bit of a – I needed a little bit of a break. I needed a little bit of a fresher because like I, said, I, I told Jimmy when I need a break, I need a, I need a breather because I feel like I had so much on my plate that now I'm able to fully dive in and I cannot wait. There's so – so much I either miss or it's coming up, whether it be my, my city has a new quarterback. My, I have two teams in the playoff race. One is the best team in the sport, in the Avs, and another one has the about to be back-to-back MVP. I have a, I have a baseball team that, that uh, signed a guy that has my same last name, so they're, they're making me spend money. So there's, there's and the Masters coming up next weekend. The USA is qualifying for the World Cup on Wednesday, unless we lose 6-0, to zero, which, heaven forbid that happening. But the USA is in the World Cup, like World Cup qualifiers. There's so much stuff that, that's going on that I'm super, super excited to get back. Like I said, I just had a lot of other things go, going on, but now I am super excited to get back and get everything rolling again. I said, it, it, like me and Jimmy just literally talked for 10, 15 minutes while I just got on a phone call because, like I said, I had, to, I had to clear everything. I had to cleanse everything, but now I'm fully deep to have back in, um, and I cannot wait because, like I said, Jimmy and I have a lot more things, a lot more fun things planned going forward, including that brand-new spanking logo that you're either looking at 
on 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 all of our pages or whatever it may be. Shout out to Jimmy getting that all worked out with local hog. Shout out local hog. But like I said, we got a lot more stuff planned, a lot more fun things planned now that I got time. Because like I said, I had to get a lot of shit done, and now I got time to do all this fun shit. I cannot wait to get everything going again. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm super excited to be back. This is going to be fun. Episode 78, I think, 78 now. Let's, let's, let's get this shit popping. Guess what? Hey, I remember you. Yeah, that's that guy. That's my co-host. There you are. Man, uh, it's, it's good, good to have you back. It's very, very good to be back. Like I said, there's there's a lot of shit going on, a lot of stuff I had behind the scenes. But like I said, like I said, in the center touch, I I was I was inching to get back. I just had to find, I just had to clear a lot of shit up. And now I did. And now I'm deep dive back in. I cannot wait to continue, brother. Yeah, no, I was. It was an interesting. I kind of talked about it last week, but uh initially i was wondering if maybe we just kind of let it die and say we're going on a little bit of a break everybody kind of did it i I was listening to like three or four podcasts that went on vacation the week after the super bowl so it wouldn't have been that crazy but then i was also you know the i i got the opportunity to kind of put myself out there by myself again and it didn't go well the first time you know the center of attention podcast fizzled out so i was kind of interested to see how that was all going to go so it was it kind of came about in a weird way because you needed some space, but then I kind of got to push my limits with the solo show, and, and, and it was and interesting. You, and you kicked ass with the fucking interview with a draft prospect. I can't think of his name. Will Lytle. Will Lytle from, from Western State. You fucking were killing it. I'm glad I can I can contribute back to, to what we've built and, more importantly, what you've kept afloat. So I could yeah, not be more excited. Built is something to talk about. It's crazy. It grows every single day on social media. Our, we get more interactions with people, which is great. More comments on our YouTube channel. So be sure, as you're listening to episode 78 of the Far Out of the Bench podcast with Jimmy Pilato and Nico Bryant, follow at FEOTB pod. Remember, if you're in our bracket challenge, which uh, is close to wrapping up. I'm we still got, alive. You are still I can alive. win. You I are can still win alive. still. I was dead. I can win. I was dead last Thursday. It was absolute garbage what happened to me last Thursday. Hey, there are, I'm in sixth place. The five people in front of me, four of them have Duke, and yeah. two of them have Kentucky. If Kansas wins at all, whoo, yeah. I'm just hoping for Villanova. You know, I want a flashback to 2016 because that was oh. a good year. I graduate. We graduated high school. Yeah. I remember watching the Villanova championship in uh, Mr. Weiss's class. I'm sorry if I'm outing you, Mr. Weiss, but during March Madness, we did not do classwork. We were watching the games. So I'm, I'm hoping for Villanova, but my brother actually was in first place up until uh, this past round. He got half of his final four. I have one. If Villanova makes the the, the championship, I I actually know this is Villanova being in the final four was my last correct pick of the entire tournament. Yeah, I I, I got two of my four. I I should have known Gonzaga was gonna fucking lose. I don't know why I thought put my eggs in that basket. And then Kentucky losing to the greatest Cinderella story of the past fucking fifteen years. You kidding me? Oh, I I always said you can't be that that mad about it. No, no, and be as I were mentioning at FEOTV Pod. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, every single Wednesday, we drop new episodes. Be sure to leave reviews, which speaking of reviews, I mentioned it last week. I was super excited when we got this one because uh, I don't know if you I, I, I sent it to you when we got it, but we do have a new five-star review from Iowa. 2011 is the user. 
Uh, I found you on Twitter, and I'm certainly glad I did. Very enjoyable show to tune into. I highly, highly recommend for newbies. Thank you. And it says at Wilson27. I do know that he's also in our uh, bracket challenge. So uh, be like at Wilson27. Follow us on social media and follow us wherever you're listening to on your, on your podcasting platform. And if it says you're from Iowa, I'm sorry your basketball team is trash. And I'm sorry Jordan Bohannon uh, cannot play an eighth year at, at Iowa this next year. And Keegan Murray couldn't come through for you. It's a bad, bad year for Iowa. You have the football season where you were number two and lose to Purdue. And then you have this uh, early exit. That's it wasn't great. Um, but no, you mentioned we had a lot to catch up with. Um, we did, I was, we were kind of talking what, what we were going on just kind of personally. I'm, I'm picking up a new coaching job now at Rock Canyon. I'm trying to get my teaching license. So I'm, I'm making that kind of transition. Currently you're getting a lot of tournaments set up for your job as we were, it was kind of insane. I was like, Oh shit, I got to go to a solo show. Am I going to have anything to talk about? Because the NFL, the Super Bowl just happened. Tom Brady retired. Um, things are going to slow down. Right. And right from the jump, I didn't get a single day where there wasn't, it wasn't NFL leading the news. And I was just flooded with, I, I was flooded with too much information for one person to talk about. So we, we have all of this to catch up on. It was very, very hard. I had a lot of work to get on, and it was very hard to not keep rechecking Twitter, rechecking Adam Schefter tweets, and well, or not Woj tweets, but Schefter, Rappaport, all those tweets, but seeing something happening because, my God, it was boom, 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 boom. The, the NFL stopped, and, and the NBA and NHL were supposed to be, oh, it's our turn. Nope, not yet, buddy. The NFL <laughs> said, see you, nerds. Bye. We're, we're still the kings here, so don't you worry. We'll just have we'll, – we are going to do what you do, NBA, every single offseason and just crank it up to 100 degrees. Yeah, everything is on the table. Everybody's getting guaranteed money. Um, and I have the timeline laid out here. I have the major things that happened. First thing, I, I think what kind of kicked off the catalyst, it was Aaron Rodgers making the decision after he shoved a whole bunch of goat butter up his asshole that he admitted to on the internet on the Pat McAfee show. I don't – I know you enjoy – I, I – I'm not an avid uh, listener of the Pat McAfee oh, show. show. I, I didn't. That was like, that was one of the weirder internet segments that I've ever witnessed. Yeah, it's, and, it's always weird whenever Aaron's on. That's why they have a book club together. Yeah. Pat McAfee hasn't read a book in probably 15 years. I'm when he, until, like when he had, the last time he had to read a book was when he had to for like sixth grade reading, I'm pretty sure. So it, it, it's, I, I love the Pat McAfee show, but my God, this news, when it hit, I look, 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 I've been saying it for for almost feels like 12 months now, but almost a full year about how Aaron Rodgers needs to be a Bronco. The Broncos will be the Super Bowl um, favorites. Like this whole world will be upside down. And then this shit happens. And and I'm sitting there because because I'm 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 listening to. Uh, uh, the Altitude Sports Radio Show on my drive to work because when this news broke. And I, I, they, they break the news. Aaron Rodgers signs two hundred million dollar deal. At that point, I'm like, oh, well, Mitchell Tabrisky doesn't sound like that. I was gonna, that's exactly the person like, that I said too. That was like, on the shit. podcast. Tabrisky doesn't feel like that bad of an option. He was with Brian Dable for a year. He had football rehab, right? Yeah, Trubisky, yo, yo, he kind of got fucked by Nagy. Maybe Trubisky would be a good option. And then the world just fucking went crazy. And my world, from Trubisky, the fucking, I'm not going to say a better option, but the next best option you could have got if you didn't get Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Oh, by the way, <laughs> we didn't even mention, you. 
you were off the show when the Broncos <laughs> decided with Nathaniel Hack decided Nathaniel Hackett to be their new head coach. No, no, no I, I think I might I might have been around for that, but but because of the the or, yeah, oh, yeah, was, yeah 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 you know what I love Hackett. I, yeah, I, Hackett, I, I fucking and, love Hackett. He was my the, first the thing the thing that makes the Russell Wilson signing better is the fact that Nathaniel Hackett is the head coach because the reason. It, also, by the way, did we make sure that Pete Carroll wasn't the one who lit Empower Field on fire because, you know, like a scornful ex? It was like he was trying to write a country song. I'm going to aim my headlights into your new stadium and burn down a, a section of seats. But uh, yeah, that, the, the that, reason that, like, Seattle started to go bad on Russell Wilson is the team that, that comes with it. Russell Wilson wants to be really involved in the play calling. He wants to be Peyton Manning where he can call plays at the line of scrimmage and do whatever he wants. And, and let's put things in perspective. Seattle fucking chose Pete Carroll over Russell Wilson. Let's keep it a buck. They did because if, if Russell Wilson was that unhappy, the best, the, the, by far the best quarterback your franchise has ever had, and arguably the best player your franchise has ever had, right up there, at least, at easily top five, if not the best. And and you just like look, look, you you. All the things of them saying, be like, oh, he wanted out. He wanted this. Why? 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 Why would you even even try to do that? And the other thing on top of that, we'll get to the Drew Locke situation here in a minute, but why would you even give Drew Locke an opportunity to choose him? Like, like, like he had an option. What, everything I heard, he had an option. That's not an option. Like that's that's like that's like fucking saying John Elway le- walks out the door and fucking Jake Plummer. We just signed Jake Plummer. Let him wear number seven. No, it is the best quarterback. The the sole reason, not one of the sole reasons, but but one of the sole reasons your team has the Lombardi Trophy is because of that man that 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 did nothing wrong but show up to work every day behind a fucking horrific offensive line every year and barely any weapons until the end of his Seattle tenure. And, until and, the past two years, he always had a winning record. He was in the playoffs. He was in the playoffs two years ago. He has had a, he's, he's played 11 years in the league, and he has a winning record in 10 of the 11 seasons. Nine of those 10 were 10-plus 10 wins. Last year was the first losing season Russell Wilson has ever had, and he didn't play five games because of his jacked-up thumb. This is the, the this man is Seattle. This man is everything about Seattle. And, and look, at least they did him right by by him by putting him in a place where he wanted to go. Because what I was hearing all along was that Washington had a far better deal. That Washington was the was the favorites, but Russell did not want to fucking go there. That Washington, he had the, the no move clause in his contract. Right? He had the no trade clause, and he and when when. Which is honestly, it's kind of no. We haven't talked about this crazy that none of this was even talked about. That that not even an inkling of of suspicion that anything this was happening. Considering yeah. this goes back to the combine, and when the combine started, that's when these conversations started. Mm-hmm. And kudos to the Broncos and the Seahawks for keeping it under wraps. But man, I look. I, I, I couldn't be happier. Uh, I, I, I said, Mister Unlimited is my quarterback. I, I said, I I have been saying for I don't know. It, it's been six years of of just a quarterback carousel. Of, well, maybe this guy's good enough. No, Russell Wilson is good enough. No other. Fr- I, I, I'm not. I can totally be fact checked on this. If you think I, if, if I'm wrong, please comment below, tweet at us, whatever. But no other franchise in NFL history in a 25 year span has had three 
Hall of Fame quarterbacks. The only teams I think are close, maybe the Packers with Rodgers and, and Favre, which I don't know who was before Favre, though. And then oh, before, it would have just, just been those two. For I know, because, yeah, I don't know. I don't know when, whatever. And then the other one that comes to mind is, is Steve Young and Joe Montana, but I don't remember who was after or who was before that. So that's the only teams that come to mind. But either way, you talk about. A guy, a guy that has done nothing but win in his career. You give him a revamped offensive line that already looks better than last year. You bring a right tackle back in Billy Turner that that um had was who was the anchor on that Packers line when they didn't have Bakhtiari, who lost Lindsay. A guy that was sought after by your head coach Nathaniel Hackett came here and he was talking. I was listening to 104.3 and, he, and Mark Schlereth had a, like an hour and a half long sit down with him and he he said Nathaniel Hackett brought up. Billy Turner as one of the offensive linemen. Billy Turner is not necessarily going to be a David Bakhtiari, where's the no. best left tackle in the league, but Billy Turner can play right tackle one week. He can play center the following, left guard, whatever. He can play well at every single position on the offensive line, which is something that unless you understand and have played the position, you don't really understand how difficult it is and how necessary it is in the NFL when guys are going down left and right. It's an absolute Swiss Army knife. It's it's mm-hmm. like everything. Like think think about this team. Everything that fucking Fangio put in this team just fucking horrific. Look, I, look, I I was. I, I was never a fan of Seal Cravens. Like, I, it's not, I'm not going to sit here. Like, I loved him when he played here. But all the shit of how when he got cut, Fangio didn't even give him a meeting. They kept the door closed. All this shit coming out. The, the Fangio should have been fucking gone last year. And, and it is it is wild to me that it took this long. But the fact that, like, think, I want, uh, was it 15 months ago? When we started this podcast, we had the Broncos had Vic Fangio, um, John Elway as a general manager. Yes, that's not, John Elway's name is, is still inf- is, is famous in this town, but not for a general manager. You had uh, no, he had no owner, and, and and you had and you had fucking uh, Drew Locke fighting with Joe Flacco to start the season when we started the show. Joe Flacco got now, resigned in New York, by the way. The Jets are a fucking travesty, anyways. But 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 now now the Broncos have a, a, a coach, Daniel Hackett, who is one of the great young minds who who has who has who led the fucking Jaguars to the fucking who was a part of the Jaguars being in the AFC Championship has been with Aaron Rodgers for so long, and you give him a Hall of Fame quarterback in Russell Wilson, and you're about to fucking get an owner before the season starts. Right, and there's rumors there may be a new stadium built if a new owner walks in the building. Like I even heard that report today. The, the, the Broncos' fucking trajectory, what they were worth last year, this time compared to what they're worth now. Like poor, poor people. I feel bad for the poor people that are trying to buy this team because you got to find more bodies and more people to fucking buy a state because this team's price jacked up so much in the last or uh, twelve months. Yeah, it was crazy too because in the free agent period after, and we'll get to that. They didn't the gate the give up for Russell Wilson in the trade was uh, Drew Locke, no effect, <laughs> Shelby Harris, no, no first in, hurts. Yeah, first second round pick in 2022, fifth round pick in 2022, and a first round pick in 2023. You effectively you replace Shelby Harris. You replace you you kind of replace and upgrade Shelby Harris and Drew Locke. No offense, I agree. They don't have anybody right now that that can kind of. Alberto may be that. Alberto may yeah. be that, but we don't. And know honestly, Alberto might be no. might be the better situation because I think in Nathaniel Hackett's offense, the tight end is going to have to actually block. 
And we that's, all know Noah Fant can't block. He's just a and, fat receiver. That's all and, Noah Fant. And that's the reasoning for the Andrew Beck re-signing as well, as well mm-hmm. as the Eric Tomlinson signing from Baltimore. With a guy who has fucking 10 receptions his whole career, has played tight end for eight years in, in the NFL and just blocks. He's he's 280 pounds is just an extra tackle. So mm-hmm. there's there's a whole reason to this whole process, which is absolutely perfect. Beautiful to see. I like you said, Drew Lock kick rocks. Like, look, oh, I, I'll be first to say, I hope he does well in Seattle. I he hope get a, he, he, he did not get a fair shot. opportunity. He did not get a fair shot. He absolutely but it did also, not get a fair he shot. did also not help himself at all at any stage of his, his time I, here. Absolutely not. He did not help himself out, but he did not get a fair shot with this coaching staff and with a different offense coordinator every single or every single year throughout his whole mm-hmm. career here. So I hope Seattle gives him a shot. Because look, if he if he's good, good for him. I will do nothing but 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 be happy for him. Not praise him, but be happy for him. But Russell Wilson is a fucking different story when we talk about fucking quarterbacks. So I can care less about that. No offense, that hurts. Whatever. We have other weapons to worry about. It's not like Russell Wilson has a shortage of weapons on the offense. Okay, and then Shelby Harris, you. Almost replaced right away with DJ Jones with the best fucking barbecue sauce and the on, on the west side of the Mississippi over there with DJ Jones and he's going to be perfect fit right right in the middle. And then look, first round picks don't mean shit when you're a fucking good team. And Russell Wilson is better than anyone we would have got at nine. Anyone, no one we would have picked at number nine would have been better than what Russell Wilson is going to do for a session. Not even close. And you're hoping – It's you're not hoping, even the play on the field even. It's, it's, not, it's not. It's everything on top of it. That first interview that he did with KOA, you could tell right away. It's the same thing that happened when Peyton got here back in, in 2012 in that oh, yeah. season. I wish I, had, I was able to talk about I – was, I was listening to it being talked about on the radio station. When he walks in there – he demands a level of excellence from you. So now you're not going to get the Paxton Lynches who come in three hours or three minutes before the meeting starts. They leave way early and don't actually study their playbook. Every good buddy's going to be taking a step forward in a being a professional athlete sense. And if you don't, you're going to be left behind. And it's, it's not going to be this muddle of, are these guys talented enough? We're not going to, I think that's going to be the thing that Broncos fans notice the most with Russell Wilson now is you're, you're able to decide who is actually going to help the team and who is not because you're seeing who's buying in to the process and all this is going to, it might get annoying at, at a point. It's corny cool as fuck. Don't get it wrong. This guy's corny cool as fuck. You're yeah. banking on it being super successful before it gets really fucking annoying. Absolutely. This guy is corny as fuck. Don't get me wrong. Mr. Unlimited shit that, is very, that, very that, hard to watch. That's the single hardest video I've ever had to cover. It's so hard. It's so hard to watch it. But my God, the guy can play football. And my God, he's the perfect person for this community. And whether it be the, the fucking children's hospital the day before the trade gets officially announced, whether it be fucking his family and, and talking with the receivers the day before or the day after the trade is announced, getting them on group chat, getting them ready for workouts, that's shit that it's just it's it's different. When, when Peyton walked in the building, the likes of Demarcus Ware, um, Akeem Talib, Emmanuel Sanders, um, I can fucking go. T.J. Ward. The list goes on and on with all the people that walked in the door. 
after Peyton walked on the door. And Russell Wilson is the exact same thing. It may take a year, it may take two years, whatever it may be, for all those people to accumulate like the Broncos did with Peyton originally. But people walk in the door because of the guy that is touching the ball every single snap on offense. There's two guys that touch the ball every single snap on offense. And right now, the Broncos have one of them. And the other guy, if, if the quarterback behind him is doing good, then it usually ends up well. <laughs> because because as, as much as Kush didn't do as great as we wanted last year, Russell Wilson fucking changes everything. Because he, can, he fucking talks to the team, and he, he points – he knows the scheme better than anyone else. It's, it's a match made in heaven. You're hoping – the first and second round picks, if we would have re-signed Vaughn, it really would have been fucking hilarious even more. That 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 uh um that bag uh, you would have had to give up was too much. That that George Payton, that George Payton just fucking fleeced everybody and only gave up a first round pick and mere, merely two firsts and fucking three players that are useless on at this team right now. Like, it's 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 hilarious what 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 has been done the last 12 months. It, it really is. There's it, it's funny like I've been to a, mo- a lot of the Nuggets games. I go to most home games. Luckily, I'm very lucky to go to most Nuggets home games. I saw a Russell Wilson Broncos jersey a week after the trade happened. It's it's different. It's different. Yes, the Broncos or yes, the Nuggets and Avs have been carrying the city for three, four years. Absolutely, and, and I joke around that it's a basketball town, that it's a hockey town, whatever. But when the Broncos are good, it's a different. It's a different feeling. It really is a different feeling. I I, I actually I need to mention you should follow our Twitter now because I I downloaded a meme generator, so I'm going to be working on that a little bit more and. And I'm releasing those at FEOTV Pod. I made the one this morning where the Avalanche and Nuggets are the, the little girl that's getting helped into the pool. The Broncos are there because Russell Wilson saved he them. Finally, just got it off. Yeah, so it, it was great. I mean, having a GM, a competent GM, we've seen what it happened, what it did for the Nuggets and the Avalanche, and now we're seeing it pay off for the Broncos. And it's great because you know, moving forward from that, I I we'll get to it. I think a little bit later on in the podcast, but we can grade out I, who we who we think had the best off season. But the follow, the next biggest trade that happened after oh, that, I, I do want to add one more thing to the, this. Look, I, and and I, and I got to go back on everything I said because I wanted Aaron Rodgers so bad. Aaron Rodgers would have made this team a Super Bowl favorite, and Russell Wilson make does not make this team a Super Bowl favorite, but it makes a Super Bowl contender. And right now, Broncos country, that's all we could fucking hope for, and I could not be happier. It was good. I mean, it's best case scenario for what happened. Nobody else got Aaron Rodgers, and you have a no very, one, very no big one thought, upgrade. Yeah, no one thought Russ would fucking be available. <laughs> like, like I remember the rumors with the Bears last offseason. That's about it. And then that, those died off, and, and, and Russ was like – Literally, I, it was a bidding war between us and the fucking commanders and that trash ass name. And who, if you're Russell Wilson, would you rather go play with those, that fucking team or an organization that has had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks in 25 year span? Absolutely, <laughs> night and day. Yeah. And speaking of the commanders, their backup plan not getting Russell Wilson happened to be uh, a little redheaded quarterback by the name of Carson Wentz, who they got. Uh, it was Carson Wentz and a second round pick from Indianapolis sent to Washington for a second and third round pick this year and a third round pick next year. It could be a second round pick if Carson Wentz plays 70% or more of the snaps in the season. Oh, man. Honestly, 
this is this is true like the the if you're a commanders fan i feel bad for you i think you have a coach that wants you to win i think you have players that want to win a fan base that wants to win but but the owner just wants to make sure that his name is is kept out of the media so you weren't able to get an upgraded quarterback you then go out and get what i think is a lateral move for a lot more money absolutely because taylor heineke who's better taylor heineke or carson wentz I think Carson Wentz is probably a little bit more pro, like has has talent to be better, but yeah. Carson Wentz is broken. Carson Wentz has been broken and it's not getting fixed. Frank Reich was the only guy that we thought could put it back together again. And it was, it was awful. He was the reason that they didn't, the defense let him down at, at the end of the season, but he was the reason the Colts did not make the playoffs last year. And <laughs> If this team was fucking hoping that Russell Wilson was not option 1A, 1B, 1C, and they fucking end up with Carson Wentz, talk about the biggest downgrade you could ever ask for. I and take look, Andy Dalton at this point over Carson I, Wentz. I, I think the Colts, when they saw that fucking Indiana, that Washington was going to give them a second and third, they're like, wait, what? You're going to give us a second and a third only? Yeah. Um, um, we're not going, hey, don't get too excited. We're fucking taking this shit right now. But let's act like we want more. Throw on his second round pick for fun. There, there was there was a good three weeks. We'll talk about the Matt Ryan stuff later. There was a good two, three weeks the Colts didn't have a quarterback. The Colts legit were sitting there with Sam fucking Allinger as a quarterback. And they said, yep, we will take Sam Allinger right now instead of Carson Wentz. Obviously, they had other things that worked. Matt Ryan deal is probably in works, but for, like they they were ready. So a guy that 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 almost led them to the playoffs, but if it wasn't for the clown show in Jacksonville and that big shit show, they didn't make the playoffs. Like, look, the Colts no doubt have a good team. There's they're good defense, great offense line, one of the best running backs in football. Carson Wentz had all of that, had everything. He could have asked for, and you and look, you could say that the wide receiver weapons are better in Washington, which they probably are. Scary Terry is better than anything Indianapolis has right now, but the running game is nowhere near that, and the offensive line is nowhere near that. And yeah, they lost their best offensive lineman in free agency too. Like, like this, this team, I just, I, I look, it's if they didn't play in such a shit division. <laughs> they, they are, yeah, they're still in the in the conversation. Like, Carson Wentz does make you an NFC East contender. Oh, absolutely. But then again, you look across the division, Carson Wentz is going to have a vendetta, vendetta, well, I can't say the word, vendetta playing the Eagles twice a year. So you may win one or two of those games. And then you're going to put him in a body bag. Oh, and, yeah, and then you have the cowgirls over there who just fucking lost everybody. Who lost Randy Gregory, also fucking great signing, absolutely great signing. I love that sign by the Broncos. Gregory, you whoever decided to fumble that contract said, "Nope, I'm just not. I'm just going to put shit in because we're better and we're the Cowboys." Huh? That ain't going to work anymore. You lose. I'll say it. You lose your best receiver last year. Amari Cooper was your best receiver. Stephen Lamb has the talent to be the best receiver. But Amari Cooper was the most consistent guy you've had in your receiving core for how how long? Zeke isn't getting any younger. Your team got worse. You lose your right tackle, which obviously fucking fantastic signing. You love that so much. Yes. You lose you lose your fucking right tackle. That mm-hmm. doesn't help. You look that division still has Chase Young. It still has the fucking uh, uh, the Har- not Harrison Smith, the guy that just fucking signed there for the Eagles that was uh, in, in uh, oh, Carolina. I, he was one of the top pass rushers. I can't even remember his name. Uh, Philadelphia still has Fletcher Cox. Like they Fletcher do Cox. Have, like yeah, they they have, have a lot of guys. So, yeah, a lot of guys. Yeah, like, like there's a lot of dudes in that, in that division. The mm-hmm. teams are just so incompetent. There's a legit chance. Like, like I said, we're joking about Carson Wentz being trash. 
how bad this division is, they may sneak up because, like I said, Heineke got this team to the playoffs. Yeah. Heineke did. If all thing all Washington is asking is asking for just consistency, they don't want you doing too much. They want you turning the ball and handing handing the ball off to Antonio Gibson, and they want you just hitting Terry McLaurin on slant routes. They you have, the, have they the have ball. the personnel that Vic Fangio wanted to have while he was in Denver. No. Not, a, not an offense that can't do shit except keep you in the game and your defense is going to win you football games. Exactly. Uh, yeah, there is a lot of uh, the surprising moves I think that we can talk about. Khalil Mack going to Los Angeles for a second round round pick. That was a cap casualty. Amari Cooper from Dallas, a cap casualty. And then Dallas turned around and, and they gave a shitload of money to Michael Gallup, which I mean, cool as a CSU guy getting, zero, yeah. getting a big contract, but he's not going to see. This is going to be another situation where he's cut in two seasons, and the Cowboys are going to be doing the same thing where they trade him for for nothing. Mari Cooper for a six round pick to Cleveland. How much better does that look now? It's like the the guy is out of Houston. The Houston Fondler is gone, and you you get a quarterback in Cleveland who I don't think Baker Mayfield Baker Mayfield was not the problem. Last no, season. He was not. No, he was not. The the organization Absolutely. mishandled how his injury was taken care of. He didn't do himself any favors. He continues to not do himself any favors. And the organization, like, how shitty can you treat a person? I I but, we but, don't want you. I'm going after Deshaun Watson. Oh shit, Deshaun said no. So Baker, we always loved you. You knew you were the one. And and look, I'm not gonna sit here like I'm the biggest Baker lover in the world. But the guy fucking opened up the Bud Light coolers in Cleveland, getting you for your first win in fucking year in a year, at a home win in a year, and then he fucking gets you to the playoffs last year where you upset the team that has dominated your division for a fucking last 10 years that has kicked your ass year in and year out every single year. And you beat them at home or in Pittsburgh in the playoffs. And you say, yep, fuck you. And look. I'm not going to act here like Baker is the fucking godsend of this team. Like he is, he is the guy. He's going to be Joe Burrow 2.0, whatever. Sounds but, an upgrade. But but the show is absolutely an upgrade. But fucking Baker deserves the credit for fucking walking out there and getting his ass kicked with fucking torn labrum, a torn fucking meniscus, everything fucking wrong with him, basically on pins and needles. And and oh by the way, you're not going to be able to trade him. There isn't any teams left that want need a quarterback. The only teams that that are, are in the picture right now for a quarterback that don't have one are Carolina, which they have a quarterback carousel of their own on their hands with Darnold, Newton, you go, you go around and around, and the Seattle Seahawks, who seem to be content with Drew Locke. So I the poor guy, who knows how long Deshaun Watson is suspended, and the poor guy's gonna have to go out there and play. I, if, if I were Baker, that is the biggest slap in the face in the world. I would if I was Baker, look, I know you fucking hate this team. I'd go to fucking Pittsburgh. Go to Pittsburgh. I'll go to Pittsburgh, play that team twice a fucking year, and maybe you don't get it in you, but you fucking go put it in those guys. Like Pittsburgh, they're not gonna be with Trubisky for a fucking full year. That that little saga thing, literally they draft a guy this year or something's gonna weird gonna happen. If I'm Baker, I go to Pittsburgh and I go play Cleveland twice a year and just go punk their ass. Because that look, they did you so so wrong. Like, don't get me wrong, he he was not good with OBJ and Jarvis Landry. And those two guys obviously are gonna do better elsewhere. OBJ did do better elsewhere. Oh, man, the guy a year ago got you to the playoffs, to the second round of the playoffs. Like, like have a little bit of respect. Like, the, like, look, Deshaun Watson is a top five quarterback when nothing's wrong with him. 
When 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 fucking none, none of the shit comes hey, out of very hands on in the community, okay? That. That, was, that was a bad speech writer. That was a bad, oh. bad <laughs> wrong choice of shit, wrong word. Whoever is the PR guy for him just fucking face palms so hard when he said that. Uh, did I yeah. write that? I thought I took that out. I was like, did, we, did he really just they, there was legit probably a huge gasp when he said that. They were like, did he really just fucking say yeah. that? It's like Anchorman, like who put a question mark on the teleprompter? And, and look, I look, maybe Deshaun Watson is his major upgrade. But you're paying a guy the most guaranteed money in fucking non-baseball they, sports history. Non-baseball. Baseball, baseball is fucking an outlier because there's no fucking yeah. salary cap. But with 280 million is 60 million more guaranteed money than anyone has ever even touched in football. They, they bent themselves over for this guy because they also made his base salary a million dollars. So he's going to get taxed a He's going to get his game checks, his suspension money taken out of a million dollars while he's getting $16 million in his other guaranteed money. And let's not get twisted. He didn't want to play for you. He didn't. He he was on a one-way train to Atlanta. It's all about this money. Yeah. He won, he was on a one-way train to Atlanta, pairing with uh oh, with Cal Ridley's fucking betting spree. And and we I don't I haven't even talked about that. And then also apparently Jarvis Langer was going to Atlanta and, and Leonard Fournette was gonna sign there when he went there and said, You get a guy who doesn't want to play for you. Who knows who knows how, how much time he's gonna play, how and what he's gonna do in your team. The guy doesn't want to fucking play to Cleveland. You just you you saw what happened in your division. You saw what the Bengals did. You saw that the Ravens still have an MVP winner of the last couple of years, Lamar Jackson, coming back healthy. And you said, well, how do we not make ourselves irrelevant and back to irrelevancy like we did fucking five years ago? Let's trade for a fucking uh, sexual predator. Yeah, that's, that's big brain right there, buddy. Big brain. It's, they're oh. like, wait, what did the Steelers do? They had a quarterback who liked to grow people, right? Yeah. God. The AFC oh. North is like, it has a bad reputation. We all wear really orange. Does. We all wear really orange does. for a reason. It's it's orange and, and yellow. Orange, strange. black, yellow, black. Yeah, it's all yeah. prison colors. Ray God. Lewis killed a guy. Yep, that's, that's something. Uh, Another, I mean, the other big trades after that, Devontae Adams going to Las Vegas for a first and second round pick. Um, apparently, he wasn't as close to Aaron Rodgers as Aaron Rodgers thought he was with Devontae Adams. Well, let me pull a line from my very my favorite fucking Twitter video. One of my favorite Twitter videos from fucking Side Talk in New York City when the Knicks beat the fucking uh, Celtics on opening night. Do you regret not coming to the Broncos, Aaron? Do you not regret coming to the Broncos? Obviously, if you don't know where that's coming from, it's a guy that's saying, KD, why don't you, do you regret not coming to the Knicks? This fucker doesn't, has Alan Lazard as his number one option. Yeah, like, they also like, got rid of Marquez Valdez Scantling. <laughs> this, 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 I, I kid you you're not. Gonna have to, you're going to have to Randall Cobb again. Like, come here, come on, come on. God, this thing, like, unless they make a trade for DK or fucking Lockett or I don't know, sign Landry. Landry is, is a great player, don't get me wrong, but he is not a fucking the sole proprietor receiver on your fucking offense. And, and the Packers, I just, it's it, it's just hilarious. It's hilarious. It, it really is. It makes me think that Aaron just said, I don't, that Aaron Rodgers thinks that he's going to give a fuck about football. He was given a back, and he and, and he apparently was made aware that Devontae Adams was seeking a trade. And 
like, like, it wasn't, I thought that he was coming back to Green Bay to try and dissuade him of a trade. Apparently, it had no, it had no bearing on on anything that Devontae has. Devontae has picked fucking Derek Carr over you. That's all you need to know. They, like, they, they did go to college wrong. together. Yes, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But for fuck's sake, he he says I don't care about the MVP. He, he said, I don't care about the two-time MVP. I'm going to go play for a guy who is the fourth best quarterback in his division. And that's facts. That's facts. And, and let's, 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 let's touch this AFC West. The, the Raiders are going to be the fucking Raiders. You can buy all these fucking people, and it's still going to be the same fucking product every year. You'll get barely – you'll be on the verge of the playoffs, and something bad's going to happen. Taylor Jones is not as good of a pickup as you Raiders fans like to t- tell yourselves it is. The Max Crosby signing is ten times more lucrative than whatever you're going to pay Chandler Jones. Absolutely. Max Crosby is the centerpiece of that team. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. And Devontae Adams, good. Good for him. He look, They have good weapons. Don't get me wrong. Darren Waller is still a top two tight end in this league. And and, and Devontae Adams just made his life so much easier having Darren Waller on his team and Hunter Raffer on his team. Don't get me Josh wrong. Josh Jacobs, too. Like, that, that Raider team that Raider team was good. a play away from advancing to the divisional round of playoffs. It's good, but then you're going to remember who the fuck's running the show over there. Yeah, that Josh is McDaniels. The, that is the fucking That guy. Yeah. Y'all forgot about this little twat that, that, that has been suckling. You mean the guy that drafted Tim Tebow in the first the, round? The guy, the guy that's been sucking fucking Tom Brady's tit. And the only reason why he has a fucking job in this league is because of the fucking greatest quarterback of all time. The only reason why he has a job in this league. Like, like, like look, if you think that, look, I'll say it. Josh McDaniels is the fourth best quarterback in this division, or fourth best coach in this division also. I would put Kat Hackett over him right now. And I'm definitely putting Andy Reid over him right now. And Brandon Staley, you know, he had some fucking dumbass mistakes last year. The Chargers were one win away from the playoffs. Andy or one Reed, tie away from the playoffs. Andy Reid is not above being called a dumbass because he, the two last two playoff games Andy uh, Reid lost, they lost because Andy Reid had too big of a head, like too big of an ego. Like, I'm going to win by passing instead of taking the run. So, Andy Reid is, is not above being called a dumbass. And there's a team that, that probably got as better as the Broncos this offseason. I'll say it. I hate that team with my, all my passion, but it's the Raiders. It absolutely is. But then you get to this fucking team that still can't fill out half their stadium with their own fans. The team, the team that, that when majority of their home games, the opposing team owns that stadium, whether it be the Broncos Orange flooding the San Diego building, whether it be the, be the Raiders Black and Silver flooding the, the, stadium, the SoFi Stadium that you don't even own own as your own stadium. Colorado Rockies of the NFL, yeah. And and the Chargers, look, you have a generation quarterback. You do. Don't get me wrong. You do. But but at some point, this team that's going to be the Chargers, it always happens. It always happens. There's a reason why Philip Rivers always is Philip Rivers. He could have a fucking MVP top season, be in the conversation with one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but the same thing fucking happens every single year. You can get to the AFC Championship, but that's as far as you're going to go, pal. And, and look, Justin Herbert, well, Justin Herbert is a generational talent, and I'm not saying Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack scare me. Don't scare me, because they do. They do. But Cleo Mack is a system guy who hasn't done shit in Chicago. Let's keep that a buck. He was good for one year when they made the playoffs, but he has been injury-prone and hasn't had a, a season performance since that playoff season the Bears where they double doinks off the Bulls. And Joey Bosa is lucky to play 10 games a year. Lucky. Whether, whether it be his back, whether it be his hand, he needs that. And look, J.C. Jackson, that's a great time. That's the one that, that they hit knocked it out of the ballpark because you have to have somebody. You, gotta have a, you have to have a number one corner. You have to have somebody. And season. they did not have a number one corner. So the Chargers, 
are going to be the Chargers. They have a good offense. Don't get me wrong. I still well, – Mike Williams still hasn't been signed. Oh, uh, uh, maybe he has. He did, yeah. Know. Three years, $60 million, Mike Williams. They gave Mike Williams. That was one of those deals that kind of just flew under the radar because no, because everything else that was Yeah, it was, right, it was right at the beginning. <laughs> They're like, yep, we got him. And it, it yeah, honestly – with the, moves, the other moves that they made, it ended up being like graded out. I saw on ESPN as like a C-minus deal. It's a lot of money to be paying for your second receiver. And, and this is this is just crazy. The Broncos signed Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton for all of this fiasco. And right now, tw- Broncos have your number one, your number one, one, two of your top three receivers right now are on a total combined are twenty are earning twenty million dollars per year. Yeah. That's fucking incredible. And look, the Bengals are going to have to open the fucking buck eventually. You just got to ride, ride the wave until you have to pay off three of your receivers. And there's, I think they, we're, paying, we're paying Uno and we're paying number nine, and I yeah. think those are the two. And there may be a point where there's going to be a lot of pieces moving around and be gone getting it back somewhere, and that's just something you got to hope is later down the road you win until then. But man, I, I just, I, I don't, they don't scare me. They don't. No. They really don't. Those two teams don't scare me. Uh, the other team, I guess we can we can. That's a good segue as we're talking about the AFC West. The other team got worse. The other so team, much worse. So <laughs> much worse. The other team. The other team that started off two and four. Started off two and four. People forget two and four. Got lost a weapon. Look and. and no pun intended, and a what fucking weapon, and, and Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill has much of off the field shit he has going on, and maybe he won't be as good in Miami. That's a fucking guy that just opened your offense up. Little Stoner has so much speed on his side of the ball right now. And don't get me wrong, Tyreek Hill is not the fucking guy to go up and get a win a 50-50 ball. But you get that motherfucker in space, everything opens up. Travis Kelsey is, is not double-teamed because of Tyreek Hill. You're telling me that fucking you go from Tyreek Hill to Juju Smith-Schuster and I'm supposed to be scared? <laughs> I, 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 I'm putting, I'm putting <laughs> fucking Pastor Tanner on Island with, with, with Juju and just letting a fucking double team and Kelsey over the middle, and I will be just fine. Hear me out. It's Juju and Marquez Valdez Scantling. Does that it, scare you? That doesn't scare me. Scaring me, yeah. scaring me is Chris Olave fucking dropping the 29th. That scares me. Chris Olave is one of the fucking speedsters the Ohio State guy that I feel like if he's in the right position, could be. He's not going to be Tyreek Hill. He's not, but it could be a it could be a dude. It could be a dude. Well, the, so, the idea is that Patrick Mahomes, if he is the stud quarterback that we all think he is, he's going to take Marquez Valdez Scantling and Juju Smith Schuster, and those two are going to be the top in the top five wide receivers this year. And, and your defense also, people are their defense got worse you, too. You went from Tyron Matthew to Justin Reed. Tyron Matthew, as much as I fucking hate him, and 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 there's a point where he was about to come here, but I don't I, look. I hate him. He's gone. And then you talk about fucking the guy, the 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 corner you lost in San Francisco. I can't think of his name. He was your number, uh, I think it was Ch- Chadrick something. I can't. Yeah, I didn't. It was. I didn't. He he went to he went to uh, San Francisco. You you look. Danny Sorensen is the biggest fucking meme in the world. But you lose Danny Sorensen also. This defense, you don't have the room to 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 draft a receiver because of how bad your defense is. Your pass rushing unit just became the worst by far in this division, by far. And you can say, look, it, it is right now. It's I think it's the Raiders number one. I think number two, it's it's the Chargers. Three is the Broncos because of the raw talent, and four, Chris Jones and Frank Clark ain't scaring me anymore. They're not. They don't scare me. No, Melvin, you're going to have a good year last year. You can beat those two 
dudes. They don't scare me. And right now, the Chiefs, huh, if it weren't for Patrick Mahomes, you'd be the worst team in this division. That's that's the fact the matter is. And, and I, three months ago, right when the when the Chiefs lost, saying that the Chiefs may have wasted their championship window. And I think it's coming to 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 fruition. I think that's right when I say coming to fruition because the the one of if not the greatest, one of the greatest quarterback receiver tight end duels in NFL history had won one Super Bowl, and you only got to two. Think, think about, think about the, how think much about they that. dominated the division for the past five years, and they got the one Super Bowl out of it. I mean, it was supposed to be set up for a long time. It it doesn't. It's not trending in the right direction. Um, other, I, I guess we should we should talk about Atlanta. They get they get rid of Matt Ryan, which I was I get why they did it. It was kind of similar to the Russell Wilson situation where you've been with the same person for so long that you kind of just feel like you need to shake it up a little bit. Uh, and it makes Indianapolis really good. I think it, that's going to be great for them because Matt Ryan didn't play great last year in Atlanta, but. He is still very good. This is you not know this, what you're here for. Yeah, and it's not. It's similar to Philip Rivers because of the age, but you're not getting the same player. Philip Rivers was so far beyond washed when he played in Indianapolis. Matt Ryan can still play. Matt Ryan is also the quarterback that everybody else has to thank for learning how to throw out of the, the shotgun formation. He's the one who developed the footwork. And now you pair uh, him with Frank Reich and that running game. He's not going to have to carry the offense. I think that's good for Matt Ryan. And then Atlanta gets uh, – they sign Marcus Mariota. Atlanta gets their quarterback in Marcus Mariota, and now you give that guy – you give a weapon like that to Arthur Smith, who we saw what he did in Tennessee. I think that's – What, what he did with Mariota in Tennessee. Yeah. What yeah. he did with him. And, and, and Atlanta, look, they probably are going to be – they're on the quarterback market next year. It's not like Mariota is – maybe he is. He's got to come out and be like – it's, it's got to be – it's got to be Ball City. Yeah, and he's got to he, keep his job. He, and look, that division also is really bad too. People are forgetting <laughs> that division is very is, is the number now one. Now that Deshaun team. Watson's not in there, it's like Jameis Winston's the number one quarterback. Yeah, like like no, no, no I mean Tom Brady's still there, so that's right. the yeah, yeah, that, that guy, that, that, that guy. You see, Peyton wants his uh, his retirement. Gift I, back. I would too. That's such bullshit. Fucking, I, I'm watching. College I would basketball. be going after him if I bought that last ball. I, I, I'm enjoying my first weekend of college basketball. Uh, March Madness, and this fucker decides, oh, I fuck those kids. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come out of retirement. And the that guy, made me pick up the kids from school. I, I needed to come back. He took one trip to Whole Foods and saw the line and said, "Fuck this, I'm playing football again." <laughs> and, and, and look, don't get me wrong, I he, he's still a goat. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. But like, 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 either fucking just retire or just fucking don't. They're all you all you said was like, you know what, I'm gonna take a two-month vacation. You could have just said that. You could have just said, I need a break. Get me away from everybody. Get, let me go watch some football, uh, uh, European football, watch Christian Ronaldo score a hat trick for Manchester United. Let me have my time off, and then I will come back and play football. Just get me the fuck away from everybody. That's all you had to say. Because we all knew that we all we, 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 I remember when he retired, we were like, is this real? It just felt didn't feel real. Whether it be Schefter reporting it too early, and what and, and, and him and him being on his own show with the Get Up po- or not the Let's Go podcast, and 
being like, oh, not yet. And then two days later saying, I'm retired. Like, it was one thing after the other with this guy. I, I, oh, man. And, and, and look, I, I don't want to just breeze over this Matt Ryan and Colts thing. He will be consistent. He will, he will do all the right things. He's a guy that is a lunch pill guy, very similar to Matthew Stafford. Just shows up, does what he needs to do, and gets this team in position to win. If, and if he has the help, his teams will more than likely win majority of the games or at least be competitive with at least eight games to go. Former NFL MVP, and think about the situation he inherited in Atlanta. Do we want to go back and, and think about what was going on? You know the quarterback that he took over for, right? Mike Vick. Uh, and Mike Vick was in prison when he took over that job. He came in and started as a rookie. His first NFL pass was a touchdown. Like this dude, his nickname was Matty Ice for a reason. I think that he can get back to Matty Ice being in a situation where the roster can now help him. Because mm-hmm. That's what all quarterbacks like. That's what John Elway had in Denver. The roster finally got good enough at the end of his career when he knew how to orchestrate the team. He didn't have the physical talent. Peyton Manning didn't have the physical talent. So this could be, I, I see that trade similar. I don't think the offense is as flashy. I think I see it similar to the Matthew Stafford deal. Yeah, absolutely. They need they need a weapon, that whether it be in the draft or go get Julio Jones because he's available now. They need to go get somebody because Michael Pittman as your number one receiver, he's a very he's a decent number two and a really good number three, but he's not a number one option on a team. No, I thought I mean Allen Robinson would have been a nice addition for them. Allen Robinson ends up going to Los Angeles, so I don't think that the Rams are gonna they're gonna fall off because they don't have the money to keep everybody and they did go all in like everybody's getting ready for the draft. They're like, what? The draft is going on? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't realize. So it'll be – I don't know if they're going to be as good, but they should be still talented, and they got course, a good yeah. receiver for with Allen Robinson to pair. Allen Robinson is, is – I, I, I may even go as far as say an upgrade maybe over Robert Woods. Robert Woods obviously coming off an ACL surgery. I think Alan Robinson will produce more than Robert Woods next year because of Robert Woods' injury last season. If you get but, Robert Woods back too, then you have uh, Cup, Robert Woods, and Allen Robinson. You don't even have to no, well, sign no, Robert, OBJ. Robert Woods got traded to oh, uh, yeah. Tennessee. Yep. Yeah, so, so also now he's in a great situation with A.J. Brown too, another team that's gotten better. And hey, Julio got cut. That's that was surprising. Oh when I saw yeah. That. So so man, this like I said, I I I think this Rams team has all pieces. You lose Vaughn. Vaughn got a fucking fat contract that he was never going to get anywhere else. Six years, one twenty million, and I think fifty six <laughs> is guaranteed. I when the Broncos, if Vaughn, because I'm almost positive the George Payton probably walked up to Vaughn and said, "This is the contract we can give you." And then the Bills walked up and said, this is the contract we can give you. Make whatever <laughs> anybody else offers you and, and fucking Va- triple it. And Vaughn said, well, you're tripling my money that anyone else can give me? Okay, I'll sign here. I'll go play it for a contender. Can you Buffalo. have chickens in Buffalo? Oh, man. I, I, I'm, I'm so, it's the only, I think, the only pass rusher in NFL history to sign two $100 million-plus deals, which is fucking incredible for him. I'm really happy for him. He gets to ch- go get a chance to win it or chase another ring on a very, very good Buffalo team. That's gotten a lot better as well. Um, but, man, it's, 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 it's just wild, everything that's happened. It's, it feels like just one thing after another. It seems like every morning there's something else popping. Yeah, I mean, everybody seems to also, like, at least fill the positions that they lose. Then you have teams, I think Minnesota or Green Bay losing Zadarius Smith to Minnesota. It's not going to make Minnesota that much better, but it is going to make Green Bay, like, that's a huge piece of their defense. That makes them worse. 
And there's a lot of, there's a few teams. I think Washington is not doing anything to make themselves better. They're not giving Ron Rivera any new ammunition. They're just trying to, like we said, make sure Dan Snyder is, is out of, out of the news. So um, yeah, I'm sure we'll, we'll get more into closer to the draft. We'll, I don't know if we'll do a mock draft again, because it's been, so well, Dino lost care about the draft now. Yeah, I, uh, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. The Bengals, by the way, Bengals signed Alex Kappa, Ted Karras, and Lyle Collins. First three signings this offseason were all three offensive linemen. So they weren't stupid like I thought they were going to be. And getting Lyle, Lyle Collins took a little bit cheaper of a deal to come here. I mean, three years, $30 million. You're getting paid $10 million a season. But he took a little bit of a discount to play with Joe Burrow. And that was the first person's house we went over to. I think Joe Burrow is going to be like, ah, nobody's touching me. I can throw for 65 touchdowns. Holy shit, my jersey is clean. Wait, Jamar's open? Jamar's always fucking open. Oh, it's it's perfect. Obviously, losing Ozama hurts. Yeah. But the guy's gonna have a fucking Jets. Look, he's not gonna do anything in New York. That's hey, keeping we picked up Hayden Hurst. I mean, you yeah. kind of yeah. Hurst is, is a very very good blocking tight end. Also, so um, yeah. we have he, the two he, biggest fucking tight ends. Hayden Hurst and Drew Sample are two massive human beings. Yeah, Sample did a pretty good job for you guys too when when Uzama was hurt. Yeah, so the, the generic created player on our sidelines, Drew Sample. <laughs> that shit's so funny. So. Um, Man, we're uh, we'll, we'll transition to into basketball and, and talk a little bit. We we've gone through all the way through the elite eight. We have the final four set, uh, getting ready to crown the two teams that are going to be in the national champion. That'll be coming up here on the Far End of the Bench podcast. Uh, speaking, so now we're past the Sweet Sixteen. We we did have a Cinderella, another 15 seed, make it all the way. They made it to the elite eight, if I'm not mistaken. First 15 seed ever to get to the Elite Eight. The St. Peter's Peacocks, man. I tweeted out, yeah, they were there was no way they're fucking losing to Purdue on National Peacock Day. No shot. No, no shot. And, and, and when I saw that line plus 12, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm taking that shit. They look, look they, they just, it happens almost every single year. The, 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 that's what Marcus makes Mars Man is so great. You have the Cinderella stores. You have the teams like St. Peter's. You have the, the the VCUs every other year. You have the, the I mean, Miami's Pace. a 10 seed. It's My, still going right now. Yeah, well, no, I mean, they're out now, but they oh, were yeah. in the lead eight. They yeah. were in the lead eight. But, man, that's what makes all this so great because you get these Cinderella stores, teams just – coming a school that fucking is the size of our high school like like come in and beat the, no beat. no music in the weight room no You're bumping, bumping up to philosophy 101 yeah like like no, nothing gone for them <laughs> they, they go beat kentucky one of the blue bloods of fucking college basketball one of the powerhouses of not only the sec but of a college basketball in general and coach Kyle party and them and then you go beat murray state who murray state only had two losses on the year that's an un uh, Murray State was a very, very good ball club. Don't get that wrong. And then you beat Purdue, who has a guy, Jay Ivey, who is uh, going to be a, a first-round pick next year, and a seven-foot-six guy. Like, <laughs> that Purdue team is a very, very good team. And fucking Dougie, McTuggy fucking Buckets, man. And, 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 and like, he's a third-league scorer, so I, I'm not going to – because I don't remember all the names. But, man, that's what makes college basketball so – the March Madness – 
one of the best tournaments of all time or ever because year in year out you're gonna have some school that just no one's ever heard of that 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 the rate that they're fucking uh um accept or not acceptance rates but enrollment rate is gonna fucking jack up in prices that that one team just just brought brought that school so much revenue so many people just bought into saint peter's uh school that I or majority of this country have never even heard of, and you do that, it's it's incredible. I I thoroughly enjoyed watching that team play basketball. They just ran out of steam, just like most teams do. Yeah, I mean, it was it was an even better story with all the news coming out about their facilities, like having four different games canceled because you have they should get a plumber. I, I think that's the NCAA should just oh. donate them a new plumbing facility. Maybe get them a noise proof, noise proof the weight room so that they can play some music while they lift. Um, but yeah, I mean that's probably the most proud North Jersey's been since uh, Tony Soprano. You know, had it was in that diner at the end of the that series. It was a, a great story, but it had to come to an end at some point. And North Carolina, they couldn't get over two blue bloods. But North Carolina is one of those teams. I didn't. I said going into the tournament, I was like, I think North Carolina shot their wad. They wanted to beat Coach K at his last game in Cameron, and they're going to be like, oh fuck yeah, we did it. And then the tournament, they're just going to come out and, and lay an egg. I thought I picked them to lose in the first round. And, they um, they almost did. Yeah. People forget that Baylor game second round. They were up by twenty five. Baylor got that to overtime. Once, once a uh, manic, um, the, the long red haired motherfucker with the beard and the headband, uh, got that flagrant two, kicked out of the game. Um, that team completely went out by the side. Baylor, the reigning champs, almost came in and punked them in overtime. But luckily, Caleb Love and the likes of, uh, Oh, I can't think of the big guy's name, but that team is really, really deep all the way throughout. There's a reason why they were one of the top teams in the country preseason because they had to bring up, they brought a lot of guys back. They obviously just had a lot of injuries throughout the year and just weren't ready for it. But North Carolina, man, I, 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 I know there's people that are like, oh, are you going to Duke or North Carolina? Well, I'm neither. I don't like. I don't really like either. I don't love Coach. I don't like. I don't love Coach K. Yeah. I don't. I don't love I North Carolina. But like it's, 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 I don't. You especially hate Coach K. But like I don't care about either. I just love good basketball. And every mm-hmm. single year, it doesn't matter who the fucks on the team, whether it be Zion, JJ Reddick, Grant Hill, Michael Jordan, um, fucking. Psycho T, Tyler Hansborough, Tyler Lawson. I watch UNC Duke every year because that game always brings fireworks because those two schools, it's the uh, – I forgot what road it is. It's something road rivalry. I, I can't think of the road. I think it's like the Vine Road but rivalry, something it's called. But, oh, man, those two teams. And the fact that we get – in Coach K's last season, yes, I fucking don't like him still. In Coach K's last season, we get the first ever – Duke UNC matchup in the final four, like, 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 like it's 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 something the basketball gods said. Like, you know what? We know COVID took away the tournament the last two years. You didn't have a tournament two years ago. Last year there was a bubble tournament. Let's give you electricity. Let's give you two of the biggest blue bloods in college basketball history, and, and just let them go at it and let them fight to the death for Coach K's last revenge tour or North Carolina to put a stamp on Coach K's career that they finished him in Cameron and Dorstan and that finished his career. And I think North Carolina would love that even more. If it happens, like I, I'm already kind of skeptical on whether or not Coach K is actually going to step down and retire. Because he's got the biggest ego. He's the biggest ego in coaching, by far, bar none, hands down. That that whole shushing the crowd after losing to North Carolina at Cameron Indoor, he's just a prick. 
Like, there's no other way to say Mike Krzyzewski is, is not a nice person. Um, it would be for his two last last losses in, in his career to beat in North Carolina. I don't think he can live with that. He no, would definitely he come back, at, even if he doesn't make the tournament, be like, yeah, I had my farewell tour, but I can't have UNC beat me twice, and that's how I go out. Oh, man, if he goes out losing to UNC. I, I, that, that is – you want to talk about the biggest fucking just, like, uh, uh, shit-talking or the biggest uh, thing I have over your head, UNC being able to say they retire Coach K and then also saying that you – gave him his final loss at Cameron Indoor Stadium, they would love nothing more. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about your champion, the Kansas Jayhawks. Did yeah. you feel, have you, have, how many times throughout the tournament have you felt nervous about your about not, the Jayhawks? Not, not once. Not, not once? once. Providence that, didn't scare you at all? Providence is a very, very good ball club. Don't get me wrong. I, I – who was it? Who that, that, that was a Sweet 16 matchup. The very, yeah. very good ball club. Don't get me wrong. They beat Miami in the Elite Eight. Miami had the lead. That's where I got scared at halftime. But then Kansas, Kansas started hitting shots. And look, we're talking about a Kansas team that has not been in the tournament, well, obviously two years, but three years now because they're on probation. <laughs> this team is hungry. And I mean hungry. I picked them for a reason because, look, I'm, I'm a nerd. I'm a basketball nerd. I watched the fucking conference championship games and all the conference tournament games like it was the back of my hand. Like, I, like that's how I build my brackets. Like, I watch those games. Oh, like, that, that, team, that team, it's not even research. It's like betting on games, being like, oh, shit, this team is good defensively. This team's got this going for them. This team's got this going for them. And Kansas just checked all the boxes for me. Yeah. They checked all the boxes for me. I, I did not believe in Baylor. I, it's very, very, very hard to go back to back. Gonzaga, I knew they'd fuck up somehow. I didn't know it'd be in the final. I didn't know it'd be in the Sweet 16. I thought I'd be in the fucking you know, a national championship game. I was fuck up somehow. And then Auburn, I was the biggest non-believer in Auburn the whole year. They were. They should not have been a one seed. That one seed should have been more than likely – probably uh, Texas Tech or maybe Duke along those lines, uh, or maybe even Nova after their biggest championship win. Like, yeah. like the, the, those, that's, that's where it should have been. And Kansas was the teams that I was like, yeah, this team has got a good path. They got good teams in their bracket, don't get me wrong, but I think it would be very, very hard to beat them until you get to the Final Four. And you, you're facing a Villanova team. I who I also had in the Final Four. I, I, I did too. That was, that was my one, one correct I, pick. I, I, I had Houston beating uh, um, um, uh, Arizona because I didn't believe in Arizona either. I had Houston beating Arizona, and I, also, and I had Villanova beating Houston because Villanova is a very, very good ball club. But the, the injury, the Achilles injury to uh, – I can't believe it was his first name, but I think I'm pretty sure his last name is White. He, that is going to hurt them. And look, March makes stars. They make stars. Colin Gillespie is a star. Colin Gillespie is no doubt a star. He's a super, super good ball player. But, man, this team is – they're built perfectly for the tournament, but I think they'll run out of steam. And people are saying, well, this is the matchup of the four blue bloods. Villanova's not a blue blood. Let's keep that straight. Villanova yeah, has, they're, Villanova, they're on the cusp. Villanova has been good for the last 10 years. Besides that, they've been pretty bad. So let's keep that straight, first of all. The Blue Bloods, Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke, um, Indiana is up there, even though they've sucked recently. Um, Kansas. UCLA. Um, and UCLA. Yep, those are the Blue Bloods. Indiana, I know, is red, but they count as that because that's whatever. Yeah. But but it's that that's the Blue Blood. Villanova Villanova is on the, very, I think Villanova and Gonzaga are, are similar. They're on the yeah. similar trajectory. Like, 
because you think of Gonzaga every single year, and they don't have a football team, but you think of basketball, they're going to be competitive, even like we were talking. They, they play good teams before they get into their shit conference schedule and wax and, the conference. And, that, and that's what's really screws them. It really does. If you flip those two, they could be they could make a deep run. Let's be honest. You make the bad games at the beginning of the year where you don't know your identity. Most teams don't know their identity when it comes to fucking November college basketball. We're talking about five months ago. Most teams don't know what they are, who they're going to be going forward. No but one really does. Did Duke get blown out by twenty on opening night or something? They did. Like that? Yeah, they did. Like no one, no one really knows. And then you get your conference tournament where everyone's starting to play good teams. That's why Villanova look. The Big East is not what the Big East once was. Well, the Big East is still a fucking Big East. And they still have to go through a lot of really very good ball clubs over there. But that's why Villanova is tested every single year. That's why Kansas, why the Dukes, why the ACC schools, the Big 12 schools are always in the mix at the end because they have the, the tough schedule throughout. People want to say, well, Power 5, what about the St. Peter's of the world? That's the outlier. That's the fun story. But when it comes down to the, the real contenders, I love St. Peter's. Was that really a shot they were going to win? Probably not. Like, when you go up against these teams? Probably not. They're going to get their shit wrecked by one of these four teams. That's just how it always goes. But you got to have a like, – and you you brought up this good point. Why don't they join the Pac-12? Obviously, I think the football aspect comes into play. They don't have a football program. And I, I don't think – I don't even think they have a baseball program. Uh, a, they would need to pick, I think they probably they would, would have to pick up like three sports. They would need to pick up a lot of sports, which is a lot more revenue, which is a lo- much longer process than a fucking one-year span to get you to be in the Pac-12. So it would be a much, much harder sequence. But, man – Gonzaga has got, like I said, you got to start scheduling games that are a little bit tougher at the end of the year. Like the St. Mary's of the world, like St. Mary's is a good ball club. They won a first-round matchup, didn't think they would, but they did. And, and But that's that's the best team on your schedule the last 15 games of the year. That's the best team. A team that was a – they weren't a cusp uh, tourney team, but they were uh, a, t- a top 20 uh, – a 20 to 40 raised team not a top 15 team that these teams play every single night and night out so oh man I, like i said i look, look chet holmgren fucking weighs is seven foot two and weighs 195 pounds yes that is correct people that don't think i'm right his dad shows up with a goddamn recorder cam for every game he watches every game he plays and because they have the talent drew timmy stud love the mustache but this team's got to figure it out they really do because if they're ever going to get over the hump lot Last year was the closest they've ever got. Uh, and Baylor coming out and punking. <laughs> punking. They, they don't have athletes. They can't keep up with anybody athletically. Like, like they, they got talent. They, they, like the Jalen Suggs last, yeah, last, yeah, or last year. They have talent, but they just don't put it all together against good teams. That's When it comes to the March Madness tournaments, it's the team who can put together six, seven wins in a row. That's mm-hmm. all it is. And Gonzaga can't beat six, seven good teams in a row. Duke can, North Carolina can, Kansas can, Villanova can. Duke, Gonzaga will never be that at least this day and age. I, I, I have an interesting question to pose. Analytics have, have become big in, in all of sports, baseball, and now basketball is starting to get even more into it. I almost think that college basketball leads itself more to the analytics because – Analytics in basketball, the way that it, it works is that you should either be taking a, a three-point shot or a dunk because the mid-range jumpers don't go in often enough that you can't score. And that's what came, that's what beat Texas Tech in that game against Duke is they were taking 
tough mid-range jumpers. They were making a lot of them. And Duke only had to make like two out of three three-pointers on the other end. They were still right in the game. Do you think that college basketball leans itself more to the analytical style of play that more so than the NBA? Your mic is your mic is up. I'm going to say yes because college basketball is more along the lines of um, team basketball. NBA, you get to the point where you have the star players winning ball games. College basketball, it's going to take one through ten. It really is. You have you can have a star player, but the Keegan Murrays of the world, Chet Holmgren's of the world, are only going to win you one or two games. Not going to win you six in a row. It's a whole depth. It's the defense playing together. That's why Syracuse this time of year always either gets their name in conversation for the tournament or or makes a run at some point because when it, for whatever reason, when it comes to March, no one can figure out a fucking 2-3 defense. <laughs> Everyone can figure it out during the very season. No one can figure it out during March. But I, like I said, the, the team aspect of college basketball is just so much more. That's why it's it's stars are made in March. There's players. There's the Kemba Walkers. There's 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 the uh, there's the Ty Lawsons. There's the um, uh, I'm, I'm spaced on so many names. There's so many names that can go down. Jimmy for debts of the world that, that just make their names made in March. But the teams come out and win on top. It's the team that has the star player, but the group behind them is so good. Talk about Bay last year, Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, two guys who are playing sparing minutes in the, in the NBA right now. Guys who aren't getting a lot of minutes, but that full team top to bottom just came in lunch pail guys that were just ready to roll by into the position. That's why college basketball is a little more pure than the NBA because if you want to watch good defensive, good, good all-around basketball, that's college basketball. You want to watch fun, exciting basketball, that's the NBA for you. But, yeah, look, the analytics side of the game has definitely grown so much. It's – I'm, I'm – I don't know what the percentage is on, on total uh, analytics, guys, college basketball, I'm, but I'd almost guarantee at least – the top 25 teams in the country all have one guy that has that, that that has that for them on their bench. He may not coach the team, but he's the guy looking at the numbers, looking at the plus minuses, looking at the shot charts, looking at all those things and reporting about his coach saying what's working, what's not working, because you can scheme a little bit better more in college basketball. For uh, last thing for March Madness, and we'll move on uh, to our next topic, prediction for the final four. Um, you obviously, uh, we know that you have Kansas winning their matchup against Villanova because Kansas is your national champion. But on the other side, in that North Carolina Duke matchup, is Coach K getting his revenge? And are we going to see him in the national championship on this goddamn retirement tour that we are all subjugated to? I'm going to say yes. I know. I'm going I'm to be like, I, I think it's Kansas Duke final. God, I, I hope I, that far I, end of the bench curse is so real right now. <laughs> I think Kansas wins it still. I still think Kansas wins it, but I'm going Kansas Duke because I think I think that that, that sore taste of the mouth. At some point, the, the fucking players got to realize that it's a little bit more than them. <laughs> What's going on here? This game means a little bit. This game is going to be talked about whether they win or lose for the next fucking 50 years. And, and coach, one of the greatest college, not even just college basketball, but coaches of all time, you're either going to send him to the championship in his final year or you're going to have him lose to this arch rival that he that, that was right down the road, on a tobacco road, that's the right road, so off a tobacco road. 
it's it's one of those games where I think the wife still Paulo Bonchero, uh, who's going to be a top five pick next year, who's an absolute stud. I think he comes to play. I think the game plan around Caleb Love and make Manic do more things that he's that he's supposed to do. And I think Duke gets the upper hand. I still think they lose to Kansas because I think Kansas has the all around game. But I just, ah, oh man, I, I, I do think two makes the ship. I know. it's. I'm sorry. I had to say it. I'm sorry. For the sake of the I, curse, I'm going to say that Duke wins too. Okay, fair, fair. That's fair. That's fair. Please give me – somebody give me Drake wearing a Duke sweatshirt right now and, oh, and I'll oh, be even, uh, even more set. You you search on Twitter or search on Twitter, search on Google, I bet there's a picture out there. Oh, yeah. I can find one. I'll, I'll make it happen. Uh, Another sport that I was really excited when the NFL ended to start paying more attention to was the NHL. Obviously, that was difficult. Like, I I listen to Spin Chicklets every week, but I kind of skip through because it's a three-hour-long podcast. When During the NFL season, I don't listen to all of it. I just kind of keep up with the avalanche news that they talk about, some of the main main news topics, but I'm not sitting there all throughout the off, or regular season. During NFL offseason, I try and actually listen to the full thing because – they're paying attention to it a lot more than I am at that point, and I'm trying to get myself back into the swing of things. I didn't really have all that much time to do that this year. I did last week. I went to I, – I talked about every single person that the Avalanche picked up at the trade deadline. I thought that was great. Um, Joe Sackick, once again, like <clears throat> he, he did good at the draft, at the trade deadline. And then that Aturi Lenkinen made it above – even that much better. It was like that little extra – you went from Paramount to Paramount Plus. Like that, just a little bit of a tweak. And it's not great. Wasn't the flashy thing that we wanted. Like, you know, I think Minnesota had the flashiest trade where they get flurry. And now that seems they're actually playing with some desperation to try and make the playoffs. But overall, I think Joe Saki had another great trade deadline and he did load the guns for this team. Like once they get through this dog day slump that they're kind of in right now, they're set up. I think they're ready to go on a run. This, this avalanche team is good. Let's not get it twisted. This is the best team in hockey on paper, and the team got better. It did. Mm-hmm. You you go to into a trade deadline where you lose Tyson Joe, Shao Josie, you're gonna miss him. And you add Nico Sturm, who is Tyson Joe's basically it's a lateral movement, but Nico Sturm isn't free agent this offseason. In an offseason, you have to pay number 29. So let's not forget about that. That pays into a factor. By the way, 29. I I love that you like to fight, but if you're gonna get hurt, don't fucking fight. Just, just don't, don't fuck up your hand, all right? Just, just there, there's a reason why we brought in Manson. There's a yeah. reason why McDermott's there. There's a reason why EJ's there. Just let just Curtis handle it. That's the only thing that he's on the team for. Exactly. Part, I love the Nico Sturm move. Let's go back to that perfect move. Josh Manson, great pickup. Big, mm-hmm. strong defenseman, just going to be bullying in the back end. That's exactly what the team is. And yeah. then you go to Lekkinen over here. Lekkinen, a guy who was on a Stanley Cup, um, in the Stanley Cup final last year. Yes, it was a bubble final. Maybe a little bit of a, a little bit of a um, Mickey Mouse final, as we like to call it. But he was, was a guy who was averaging a point per game in the Stanley Cup, fi- Stanley Cup final for Montreal, who was doing very good. That's one a guy. One of the few players to score. Uh, one of the few players in the Canadian – I mean, one of the few players to score in that series for the for the Canadians. That, that's a guy, when you lose Kadri this offseason to a fucking fat contract, wherever he goes, I will just step right up and be that next guy. That's the, exa- that's the guy that hopefully right now – I mean, I, I'm pretty sure as I'm watching this Calgary game on my phone, I, I, he, he finally cleared the waivers from Canada, whatever that stupid bullshit was, that they, that they had to wait to play. But him being plugged in this team is perfect. This team is, is look, would you have liked Giroux? Yes, you would have. But Giroux didn't want to be here. 
Let's keep, let's be honest here. It, it's not We've like Joe, Florida or nothing. It, it's not like Joe went out there and swung and missed. He didn't want to be here. You have to t- you have to make him wrong, right? It's within your power that to, to, to prove him wrong of why he, he telling him he chose wrong wanting to go to Florida instead of coming here. So that was I'm never gonna doubt Joe for one second for what he did. But and he made he saved it with the Cagliano deal because Cagliano was that last little piece. Didn't cost much of anything because oh, the Avalanche yeah. don't care about draft picks right now. Fuck, fuck them picks. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it goes along with the Manson pickup. Like, what have we talked about the last three years with this Avalanche team in these playoff runs? When they get to the second round, San Jose two seasons ago did not let them play in the middle of the ice. They push them to the boards. Two years ago, same thing. They get pushed to the boards. Dallas pushes them to the boards. They knock them out of the playoffs. Last year, after the first game, when Vegas finally got over the seven-game series that they played against Minnesota and got their legs back underneath them, pushed them to the boards, and the Avalanche did not do anything from about the second period of game two. They Vegas, have also, to, Vegas is also a team that may not make the playoffs. Now, we're going to get to that coming up here in this segment. But, like, this, the Avalanche, with the Manson pickup, the Cogliano pickup, Lincoln in, he brings that presence at the front of the net, which we're seeing when, when Landis Cog isn't there, kind of lacks a little bit more than you would like. These were all moves that make we, them. We were forgetting how good this team is without Landis Scott. Like, yeah. fuck. Yeah. Well, that's the guy wearing a C on his chest. We, we've, scored 20, we, we've scored 97 points as a team, and I think it's been like 65% of the season that at least one of our starters have been hurt. But like top, top. 10 guys that, that go every night. And, and um, one and one more thing to add about this team. Cam McCarr needs to be in the fucking heart trophy conversation. I'll say it. The one he's doing defensively, putting what are we? Members, are we going to – It's not even the Norris at this point. We're fucking winning the MVP trophy because – Do you think that he's going to win the Norris? No, no I, I, I mean, he, if he doesn't, it's a travesty. I mean, I Roman Yossi – Roman Yossi has done a very good job in Nashville. Don't get me wrong. From the, point, been injured, from the but, point where Kale McCard, like everybody said Kale McCard won the Norris, Roman Yossi said, oh – Right, what what even do you know what nationality Roman Roman Yossi is? I'll try and do his accent. I'm pretty sure he's Finland. <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll go Swedish. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, no, it's uh, that's okay. No, I'll, I'll go ahead and uh, you know, it's it's not gonna work out. Um, no, this is no, it, yeah, yeah, you gotta remember, we, we don't we only care about one trophy this time of year, yeah. We're in the fucking position to win that. We're gonna win it, but goddamn fucking president's trophy again. So I don't want to win. I'd rather fucking lose it. We could, we could, uh, we could lose every single one of the rest of our. They had 16 games left uh, at the time of this recording. We can lose all 16 in overtime and still be in the top side of the Western bracket and the in the NHL playoffs right now. God, I just don't want to fucking win that trophy. Don't look no. at it. Don't even. Don't even. I don't want a presentation. I don't want a banner. I don't want to look at it. I don't want to be. I don't hey, want to. Hey, even, we're not national. We don't hang presidents. I, I don't. I, we actually do have those up there. To be fair, yeah. those are in, in Ball Arena, but we, we those are a little overshadowed by the two Stanley Cup. And yeah, yeah and Pierre Lacroix up there. We have some retired yeah, players as well. Yeah, but but don't even fucking make a Twitter post. Don't even make an Instagram post. Don't even Nobody talk about the it. Nobody put the Z. Nobody put the little Z next to your Twitter handle. Don't do anything. We don't want that shit. We grow playoff beards, and that's it. That's final. That's it. All right. Uh, let, by the way, speaking of the playoffs, we have one left. We're talking about the NHL this way because we have one month left before 
that season wraps itself up and we get into, I think the, one of the most exciting times of the entire entire year, NHL playoffs, my favorite playoffs to watch more so than the NFL playoffs, even though this past postseason was immaculate for, for my team. Far, yeah. Yeah. It's probably going to be the high moment of my, my <laughs> NFL fandom, but playoff standings, the way it's, it's set up for the NHL, three teams from each division. Plus they have two wildcard teams on each conference. Uh, that make the playoffs. So in the Eastern Conference for the Atlantic Division, the top three that would be in the playoffs right now, Florida, they have 94 points, Tampa Bay, 88 points, and then Toronto with 87 points. Florida is uh, the second best team points-wise in the NHL. They're three points behind the avalanche. And uh, with the quad... Florida, please win a couple games. We don't want that trophy, remember? Please win a couple. Yeah, uh, I think them getting Claude Giroux is good, but they also did just lose Jonathan Huberto to injury. Uh, and it depends if he's able to come back. Maybe they do an LTIR situation, which I I, I would have liked for the Avalanche rule, to fucking that, do with Landeskog. That, that but fucking rule. God, I hate that rule so It's much. It's the rule plus the fact God. that salary cap doesn't exist in the playoffs. I don't think that that's right either. Um, no, once once he comes back and they get Giroux plus Huberto, Florida's going to be dangerous. But right now, I think that's the only team I could see possibly pushing – uh, pushing back a little bit, but out of those three right now, who do you have most faith in uh, to come out of the Atlantic? It's, it's absolutely Tampa Bay. Let's keep it a buck here. It's the team that's won back-to-back cups. It's, like a, it's the team with the best goalie in hockey um, with Vasilevsky. Absolutely Tampa Bay. Don't get me wrong. Florida and Bob are big Bobrovsky over there. Got a good team, but right now it's Tampa Bay or bust. Toronto doesn't fucking scare me. Are you kidding me? These little punks. That team that still has not won a, won a playoff series since a fucking Zohan movie or whatever it was. Or no, 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 no the Love Guru. That's it was Love one. Guru. Yeah, yeah, that's the I'm last going. time. They won the Stanley Cup in that movie. Yeah, no, I I trust Tampa by far away the most. Florida scares me a little bit. Drew's a good ball player. I, wow, I said ball player. Good hockey player. Good, good, good on the skates. But yeah, he he, but. Florida, I, I think they're too – I think they're good, but I, I think they're not there yet. They have a, a high season total, but other than that, I saw them uh, also, play against the Avalanche in person, and the Avalanche were – there's no difference, and it's very hard-pressed to even say that Florida beats them in any category when you watch them on the ice together. And think about this. How far has fucking Toronto fallen – where that the fucking two Florida teams are above them that are so so far above them. Sunbelt the ho- hockey, baby. The the hockey co- the, ho- the hockey uh, uh, country of the world uh, has the or hockey capital of the world Toronto Ontario Canada is right now third in their division behind two Florida teams. Where hockey is just they they put two random ice rinks in Florida and said yep go play there. Yeah, it's uh, I'm sure that those fans the. Fa- those were the best internet reaction videos that I saw last season after they did lose in that, in that playoff series, Montreal, but, yeah, Montreal. Um, metropolitan division. Speaking of Sunbelt hockey, Carolina, uh, they are actually, I w- I stand corrected. Carolina is number two. They have 95 points as a team. Uh, we also saw them. Uh, they did just kind of pull a fast one on the avalanche when they played the last time. So Carolina, number one in the Metro Pittsburgh at two with 90 points. And then New York with 89. New York's a team that's very grimy. New York's a team that if you get into a a tough playoff series, they remind me of Minnesota, maybe a Vancouver of two years ago to where you're not expecting much out of them, but they could get hot. And they have the goaltending and and play to back it up. 
probably the rookie of the year and goalie. I can't think of his name. I'm pretty sure it's Russian. Oh, yeah. Igor Shostakovich. Shostakovich. There it is. Igor Shostakovich, probably the rookie of the year. Um, he's been incredible in that for them. Like he, New York has it set. You go from Lundqvist to this stud. Talk, talk about no uh, no waiting on studs on the back end. But uh, yeah, you got Panarin and Lafreniere up front yeah, Lafreniere. with Zab- Zabenejad. Like they have. They, they have, have some young pop. pieces. They yeah. they got some pop. They're they're not look. Pittsburgh honestly is the team that's been surprising me here. Pittsburgh, that fucking number eighty seven. Yeah. This kid, dude. This this dude always just finds the that way. other guy from Saskatchewan. Oh god, and, and fucking Nova Scotia. Like I, oh man, and then Carolina. Carolina's a team. I think I think that can that will that would is going to scare me the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and winning a cup for the Fs. Tampa Bay's good, don't get me wrong, but Carolina right now is just a different level. They they got all three levels working for them. They got a great back blue line. Um, they are pushing forward with Aho um, and uh, oh, I can't think of the other fucker's name. Little little dude, little dude's name. But yeah, th- that team. Enough, is, I don't watch enough yeah, games hockey. I, I don't either. But <laughs> I just know a few names. But yeah, that, that yeah. team is very very solid inside out. I, just, I, I mean, that, that, that division is very tough. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I think the that's probably the better division on the Eastern Conference. You kind of just really got to hope that these teams beat the crap out of each other. And the wild card teams, that's the bad part. Eastern Eastern side wild card, which is, is where we'll go next because that's who will play the, the number one seeds on the Eastern side of the bracket. Boston is the first wild card position. They got 87 points. That's a team that you definitely don't want to see in a wild card series. And then Washington is the other team with 84 points. I would say, you know, you you would probably count them out. But now that Lindstrom is back, or Backstrom is Backstrom. That's the, the Backstrom, duo. Yeah, yeah. that's that's Ovi's duo. They're back together and they're playing well. Tom Wilson's actually, as much as I don't like the guy, he's he's not playing the way that he has, and he's actually contributing up front. Uh, it's going to come down to like their back end. I, I see of those two wild card teams, Boston's a team I could see maybe going on a little bit of a run. I don't know how far, like if they have the depth to keep that going. Washington's a team I don't see doing much of anything in postseason. Now, those two teams, Boston's the team. If you look at the standings as it sits right now, Boston being the first wild card would pair up with uh, Florida, which honestly, I think Boston could give Florida a real, real run for the money. Yeah, if Huberto's not back, that's that's a tough that's, series. That's a real run for the money. Washington, I think Carolina would handle Washington very easily. But you got to remember the OV factor. I just don't think Car- – or I don't think Washington has it on the back end this year, though. No, that's the only right. thing I – yeah. Uh, then the on the western side, Central Division, our Colorado Avalanche, 98 points, uh, one of – up until this last rough patch, which it makes sense, you can't be, you can't win all of the games when you play 82 of them. But before then, they had not had a regulation loss since November. I think that streak lasted oh, from November, yeah, November to March. It was, it was unreal. They have their goaltender. Darcy Kemper has emerged himself as the number one guy in Pebble Frantus. That helps. And, the defense is fucking pretty good in front of <laughs> Yeah. And it got better at the trade deadline. It did oh, yeah. get better. Um, Get Landeskog healthy, hopefully. He'll be Landis back. Yeah. That, 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 that's the type of guy <laughs> that fucking have a broken tibia and still be sitting out there knocking people's heads loose. So don't worry. I'm not worried about yeah. that. <laughs> Get him in front of the net. He's he, he, I love the way that he's changed his game. He took he took the contract. He got paid in his, in his contract year. Great. Now we have the money that we can pay 29 and keep that tandem together even longer. But he's gone from a guy who's looking to be set up and snipe 
to the trash man in the front of, in the front of the net. He doesn't get much, many first shots off, but he's catching rebounds. He's tipping pucks. He's getting in the goalie's face, and he sets up a ton of this Colorado Avalanche offense from the first and second line. There's times where they send Kadri out with the number ones because Kadri is a true number one center that you have that, that plays on the second line. And then Landis Scott goes out there and he's cleaning trash for guys like Burkowski. There's so many ways that this team sends at you. And then, oh, yeah, Kale McCarr can undress anybody on your team and also dangle past your goaltender without him even knowing. It's so good. it's just this team. This team is. I, I, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm trying to 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 keep my hopes down because I because because I, I have high expectations. I'm trying to 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 keep the expectations high, but the lo- the level low and even kill being like because there's a lot of good teams this year, but I expect us to win. And I'm trying to just be 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 the guy that's like. Man, okay, we gotta win this just one game at a time, right? That's how this team needs to go. Last couple of, last couple of years, it hasn't been that. First year, we got to the playoffs after that little deb- absolutely horrendous record, least amount of points in, in team history. Getting in the first round, you're you're the surprise team. Second year, you're kind of the surprise team. Not expected to do much, but you got the right pieces. Last year, wanted to you got a lot of the right pieces. Should be should have done something, but didn't. This year should be doing something. But I'm just gonna be just gotta take one series at a time because, like I said, this team number one seed, and we'll get to the West Wildcard here in a minute. But you could be facing Vegas first round. Yeah. Uh, that's, other, that's, that's the problem. The other teams in the central that would be in the playoffs right now: Minnesota, eighty-four points. Minnesota's um, good. Minnesota's yeah, very good. they did just beat the Avalanche in Minnesota last night um, and pick up the win. They have Tyson Jost now, which makes them better than they were. I think we talked about them in the Nico Strum Strum Sturm move. It's the same guy, but I think Jost brings more defense than Sturm did, and that makes Minnesota a little bit better. Minnesota plays a totally different game. Than Colorado does. They're not faster than everybody. They have to play a little bit more technical cool. style of hockey. And then St. Louis, when you have a captain in Ryan O'Reilly, St. Louis is going to be a team every single year that's going to be in contention for the playoffs. They're never going to have a year where they they drop below 500. Well, what makes me feel so good about this is Minnesota and St. Louis are going to kick the absolute shit out of each other. Yes. Let's <laughs> so, so, so keep that above. And you know Jordan Bennington is going to get hot in the playoffs and make Minnesota waste all of their shots on him. It's going to be perfect. It's going. It's, it's it's going. To, like those two teams are going to fucking knock the shit out of each other. That's 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 what makes it so good about it. As long as it goes seven, that's all I care about. In the Pacific Division, uh, Calgary uh, with eighty-eight points. There, that's a little bit of a surprise. I was not expecting them in the playoffs of the two teams in in Alberta. Los Angeles, eighty-one points. There's that's a, a big a, surprise. Yeah. That's, no one thought that team would be anything, but sure. No, the, that was the that was the team that everybody walked over last year in the West Division, and now look look don't look now, but they're right back in the playoff picture. And then Edmonton, seventy nine points, third in that Pacific Division. Uh, and that team is so damn talented, Edmonton. They just fucking can never put it together. They, they did pick up. Speaking of guys that like to bet, by the way, they did pick up uh, Evander Kane. So I think that's that's helped them out a little bit, but it was. <clears throat> I, I will give them credit because that, that thing that they did for the little boy with brain cancer last week, that was uh, one of those stories that makes you happy to, that you pay attention to sports. But Edmonton, we'll, let's talk about this wild card right now. Uh, Nashville and Vegas, both teams sitting right outside or of 
you know, Nashville, 80 points. They, oh. they technically have more points than Edmonton does, but they play in the Central. And then Vegas in the Pacific Division, they could pass up Edmonton and get and, into and the playoffs properly. And, and Nashville just won tonight, so they're, they're sitting at 82. Mm-hmm. Um, Vegas is the one. And I'm just like, come on, Dallas. Come on. Come on, buddy. Yep. Take them out of the playoffs. I don't want to see that team. We I have – well, Vegas, I think – you know, this is the second year in a row that the Avalanche have won the season series against Vegas – and we did just play them with the addition of Jack Eichel. And there was never a moment where the Avalanche were even looking. I, I get that there were points last, you know, there were points last year in the regular season when they were playing each other every other night that Vegas looked like a better hockey team. There was much more of an even matchup this year. That's that's gone. Vegas doesn't have it that does. to where they can match Colorado step for step. Petrangelo is still really good. Alec Martinez is still really good. You have guys like Chandler Stevenson up front, and Jack Eichel doesn't hurt, but it hasn't meshed the same way. Vegas yeah. is not the same team that we've seen not, in the last few years. Not, not having Stoner there for, for most of the year. Losing Ryan Reeves to, mm-hmm. to New York, that was a big loss. The flurry, man, picking Lanier's trash ass over flurry, that's that's going to be the, the death of this team right there. And the thing that just worries me so much about us having the number one seed and seeing Vegas and Nashville there, both of those fan bases show up. Doesn't matter who the, who the fuck if it's playoff hockey, Nash, playoff hockey in Nashville, playoff hockey in Vegas. That is something. That is some that that plays in a factor. Obviously, playoff here hockey in the Mile High is, is different too. But those two places fucking go nuts because that's all Vegas has. Well, technically, because the Raiders are the fucking Raiders, and that's all Nashville has. Uh, they have ten, they have the Titans, but the Titans kind of it, it, let's be honest. Nashville, Tennessee is a, is a Predators town. It's a Titans town too, but that's a hockey town. That's a Predators town, absolutely. But those two teams' worries, if fucking Dallas could squeak in, or maybe even fucking Winnipeg, because because between that's a that's a uh, that's a that's a three point swing from uh, from Vegas to to Vancouver. Playoffs, to yeah. Vancouver. That's 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 two games. That's, yeah. two, that's two games in a 16 game season or 16 games left in the season. That's that, that could be a big, big swing. Um, the Coovers talk about a team that's completely turned around after an absolutely horrific start. And the Winnipeg, Winnipeg obviously had that run, a little bit of a run last year before losing to Montreal. Um, I, I, I don't want to face Nashville Las Vegas. I just don't. And, and look, maybe I should be in the mindset that fuck every, fuck everyone else. I want to face the good teams. But I kind of, I kind of would rather land a scar to you know not have to play the first round. I kind of would rather us coast through the first round matchup and be fully healthy for the second round where we face Minnesota or St. Louis or or Calgary or Edmonton or whoever it may be. I'm not going to go as far as some of the radio hosts that I've been hearing that that have gone pretty much to the level of full jinx. I'm not going to say that this team is is going to be easily into the Stanley cup final. I will say I, at at least for that first series, I'm expecting, remember last year when they were going into that series against St. Louis, we all go, St. Louis is a team that has the experience. Maybe they make the series difficult and it was over in four games. I think for at least this first series, whoever we play, if it's Vegas, if it's Nashville, it's going to be difficult to win on the road, but it's always difficult to win on the road. It's going to be a five game series at most. If it's six, I will be 
I will be shocked if it's a six-game series in that first round. Please, I, please knock on wood. Just, I don't care where you're I'm not saying food. that they're going to – I just, know, just knock on wood. Just do it. Just there. do it. Yeah, I'm not going to for you, too. <laughs> just, I, 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 like I said, I'm, I'm being skeptical because last two years I've just been like, oh, my God, the seniors have won the fucking cup. I just need to take one series at a time. One series at a time. Yeah. Well, it's going to – the last month of the season, there's going to be a lot of movement. Vegas, they could either fall out of the second wild card spot or they could move up into the last playoff spot in the Pacific Division. They're only three points behind Edmonton. But then we also mentioned Vancouver's only three points behind Vegas and Nashville. A lot of things going to happen. A lot of hockey to be played. Nashville, actually, if they since they won tonight, they would move up into that third spot over St. Louis because they technically have one more point. So, That's yeah, right. there's. I, I don't know. I, I think St. Louis is playing tonight too, so I don't. I'm not sure what that scores. But either way, yeah, it's all right there. It's yeah. all one game. That's, that's the final that's month where, is going to be a good precursor to the play. That's where all these overtime games come into play. Like, like, yeah. like getting a point is huge. Getting one point is huge. If you're if you're if you're down, uh, if you're down two goals, you got to try to get push to the overtime. You may not win, but getting one point is massive for some of these teams. <laughs> well, let's. Uh, I think as we move forward, let's. Uh, we'll go ahead and we'll transition now to the to the Nuggets and the NBA and. Talking about the NBA, we're talking about Nikola Jokic once again. You're back. I've been carrying the flag because I found Stephen A. Smith. He came on 104.3 and was was talking a lot of high praise that this guy is undeniable. And it turns out that the media members at ESPN agree. Because not only did it flip entirely, Jokic won the latest MVP straw poll. It was 69 first place votes to 29 of Joel, nice. Joel Embiid. It's it, and look it, and look. There was a I forgot what day it was. I think it was like March tenth, March 9th, March tenth, when Denver went to Philly. Mm-hmm. That game that was on national television. There's a reason why I fucking circled that game because you knew what was going to happen. That's where the MVP narrative was going to swing one direction. That's where you knew what was going to happen when you see what Jokic is fucking playing with. When you when fucking Embiid needs James Harden to win ball games, they also lose tonight to Milwaukee. Also, Philly's fallen too. That team who needs an All Star to be good, Jokic make most valuable player. Jokic. Has done so. I know I sound like a broken, broken record every fucking week, but man, this dude is just doing things unreal. It's it's unreal, and talk about a Nuggets team that has had some head scratching fucking the last couple of weeks. Well, there'd be the Boston game where fucking Boston's fucking red hot. My God, Boston is really that's that's. Did it make you puke when Jason Tatum got a louder MVP chant than Nicole Jokic? I, I'm going to keep it a bucket. It wasn't louder. I, I might have left before that got loud enough. But that's – and look, we live in a fucking transplant state. I hate it. I do hate it. it, it, it football, it's that, and it's, it's also the fact that we can't watch the Nuggets on TV. It's uh, it's it's one thing. It's I the same thing with the ads. I love this team so much, and it's just fucking break my Nobody heart. Nobody can watch them year. unless unless you're like you and and have you know if if you're lucky enough to have access to go to the games in person, right? Or now, you lose. Or you watch on Stream East. Like, there's a reason why the Nuggets are last and fucking uh, most watched teams in basketball. And there's a I reason why the, why the Avs are last half. Like, it's yeah. because of fucking Comcast dumbasses. Like, like, imagine like, if these, if this, the last <sighs> four seasons of these two collective teams have been on TV. It's we, we're talking about them in the same breath as the Broncos, national wise. Absolutely, man. I, like I said, I. 
this this team and, and, and the transplant says the fucking Celtics just kicked our ass. I couldn't even complain about that game because they just fucking are on one right now. They are I just mean, on one, absolutely on one. So I didn't – I alone made I a statement in that game too. Oh, not playing the starters in the second half or starting yeah. them? He was pissed. That those starters, like, look, you talk about Will Barton. Will Barton thinks he's the number one fucking option on this team. I'm sorry, buddy. You're not even the you're the number three option right now. And when Jamal and if I come back, you'll be the number five option. So or not even or you'll be the number six option. Excuse me. Like like Will Barton, the offense doesn't revolve around you, buddy. It doesn't. It revolves around the fucking seven foot Serbian motherfucker that's one about to win two MVPs back to back. But man, this team top to bottom. It's the the boss game was a head scratcher. The Phoenix game that was a playoff game. That 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 felt like a playoff game. That game felt like that's one of those games you're like we can we can beat these guys. That's the game that I watched and I was like we lose, we lost, yes we lost. And that's and you give up 140 points. Well, that's a game if you have 27, you have number one in the lineup. That I feel that we can win that game. I really do. Get them back in the lineup though. I'll, I'll get to that here in a moment because because that, that I have a theory on this also, and then you get to get to the to the games where you win a tough one against OKC, win a tough one against um, Charlotte. There's another one, another tough one on Wednesday night against Indiana, where you, the, the Nuggets right now have the best record they have ever had on the road throughout their whole the whole time the Nuggets have been existing. We're talking about Alex English, we're talking about David Thompson, Motombo, Melo, whatever. Best road record this team is ever had, which is absolutely incredible to see what this team does. But man, you 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 are looking for an MVP to win you ball games in a rookie. This kid Bones Highland is a problem. This dude has the balls of a fucking 40-year-old vet. If you if you want if you want to see a kid that just plays with his heart on his sleeve, that just that just walks in the building with the confidence of, 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 of an absolute lion, this kid just does not care, man. He is so much fun to watch. Like he he like I don't know if, if our listeners, if you haven't listened to the story, go search uh ESPN and, and search uh TNT for the news story. But Bones was in a uh, uh, a bad fi- uh, house fire um, in 2018 where he lost his grandma and lost his brother. Fireman got him out of the house. Uh, he, lived, he lived in Delaware. The first game back in near Delaware, which is Philadelphia, Phil- 76ers, he goes in, drops 25, in front of those guys, this kid just just comes in as a winner. He doesn't know it's it's Michael Moore says it perfectly. He doesn't know better. Yeah, he doesn't know better. That's beautiful. It's, and when, he, when you don't know, you should suck. It's awesome. He doesn't know better. He doesn't know that he should be rookie. That should be timid. That he shouldn't have the ball in his hands. He doesn't know better. He just comes in with with, with the biggest smile, and the biggest just swagger on the surface. It's something with that number three in the city. It was fucking. It was fucking AI. It, 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 it was fucking Ty Lawson. It's it, it's now Russell Wilson, and now it's Bones Highland. It's something about that number three in this city that just that just electrifies the stands. And obviously, Russell Wilson, we haven't seen that yet. But man, Bones is, is one of those dudes that that. That could be a guy that could be a starter on this team. I know, wild to say, this we could be like a death lineup, a final lineup of Bones, Jamal, MPJ, Gordon, Jokic. That's a lineup I would go to bat with every single day. But and and, and man, I oh, this kid's something. This kid really something. I think what they've done this 
this season alone, not having MPJ for a bulk of it and not having Jamal Murray at all, when everybody thought this is about the time Murray would be coming back, they're in the sixth seed again. They keep flip-flopping kind of back and forth but with their it's six important. and seven. This is very important we don't drop the seventh seed. I do yeah. not want to touch that play. Do not. Whatever. No. Do this not. team doesn't have the depth to play in the play-in tournament and oh, then go God. on a playoff run. This, this is not This is a, not a one-game playoff team. This no. is a fucking series-long playoff team. Yeah. Not, the Rockies not... benefit from the one-and-done type situations because they suck otherwise. The Nuggets <laughs> need as much rest as possible. They need a full series where they can wear you down. Yeah. So, so the game on Friday night coming up against Minnesota is massive. Nuggets right now have a two-game lead. Could be moved to two-and-a-half on Wednesday's game. If you beat Indiana – which would be perfect, massive. Got to try to keep it at two because that's a one-game swing. Because if you win that game in Minnesota, it guarantees you a six seed. Almost nearly – it doesn't completely guarantee you a six seed because things, weird things can happen. But it basically secures that up. And you want to stay there because you don't want to face Memphis. I don't want to see those motherfuckers in Memphis. Memphis is on a goddamn tear. They're 11, they're 13 and fucking two without John Morant right now, without their best player. And and, and right now, I want to face Golden State. I'll say it. I want to I want Phoenix. I don't want Memphis. I want Golden State. Because Steph ain't healthy. Clay ain't healthy. Draymond ain't healthy. They sure as hell have nobody that can guard fucking Jokic. Give me Golden State. Feed me those motherfuckers. Feed me Udala. I don't want to see John for the second round. I don't want to see the uh, Suns until the, until the conference finals if he gets to that point. Leave them on the other side. Give me Golden State. Give me those likes because that team is on a, a slide where right now it could even be Dallas because Dallas right now is are knocking on the door Golden State because Golden State, I think lost like five of the last six. And right now, I, 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 and let's, let's talk about this MPJ, Jamal situation because we're here. I'm, I'm ready to call it quits on them not playing. Hear me out. I, I, I'm also at the point where you got – it is, it is too much of a risk at this point. You, you, if you make it – if you get to the second round of the playoffs and have like a one-game 2-0 lead on Memphis, then you consider it. Like you consider it. I am not ready to waste those guys out there and have them injure themselves against Golden State in the first round or injure them again. I'm, I, I, I am, I am content with having this team out there. Just go in as the underdogs. Try to go smack some heads, bust some brackets, and break some necks, and just just try to beat up on some teams, and maybe go sweep out a, a, a series win. And then you get to the second round, and then the conversation should come up about those two, because I'm not ready to have them jump right back in the first round. Because next year, we have most of this team locked up. Jokic is going to get a fucking bag this offseason. AG signed a five-year deal. Um, Jamal signed his deal. MPJ signed his deal. Bones on a rookie deal. Monte signed, signed a deal last offseason. Your core is there. Will Barton, I, I think he has one more year, but at this point, I'm not ready for – I'm ready to move on from that. But your core is there. That, that Those secondary pieces can be adjusted and moved. That's why you made – ready them up for next year for a full season and just let's see what the MVP has to do. Because I don't want Jamal and and, and MPJ to come back and jack themselves up again, risk themselves for an injury because something will always happen. And, and then we're just running to a factor of like, you know what, why not just be the underdogs? Why not us? Why not just punk some teams? You no, know, everyone's counting us out without two of our three best players. Let's just have the MVP come in and just bust some heads and let's, and let's, let's cause some havoc.
with the amount of money that's tied up in those two players, it makes total sense because if you have them make their return and they it and is they in the first round of the playoffs, you get hurt and then they're out again for next season. That's another year that you're wasting big time money on these guys that aren't producing on the on the floor. And the best way I can compare this is to is to KD. Remember when, when he got injured in the playoffs for, for Golden State when, mm-hmm. when they played Toronto? He, he tried to come back uh, 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 one series later after they got to the finals because they, they wanted him to win. Comes back, what was a late problem? Achilles snapped out for the whole next year. That is the last thing I need against. I would rather just let Bones cook, let Monte cook, let this team just give it a shot. Let them give it a shot. They, 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 they've counting, everybody's been counting them out since the season started. Why not give them a run? With a back injury, you should always take it slow, and that's what MPJ has. And, yeah, with a knee with the way Jamal Murray plays, you, you kind of – you almost yeah, got to baby slow. it. You, yeah. you kind of got to baby it. And there's no other – there's no other way that I could put that. Uh, before we, we kind of wrap things up here, let's talk about the MLB lockout situation because for that time that you were off the show, we had no MLB baseball to talk about. And then all of a sudden now we nice started risking losing money and the owners were like, oh, no, it's, it's okay. We'll, we'll negotiate now. And the, and the players, they came to their decision. There's going to be some new rules implemented, but most of them not until the following season. Do you, you, as you were kind of paying attention to this during during your little bit of a break, what's what are you, what was your takeaway? The the play the playoff edition, the, the another playoff team edition that obviously is just a revenue grab. The the, the, the trying trying to to put a uh, it's not a salary cap but a salary spending limit. I like that a lot because if you if you're not an owner of a team and you're not spending some money, why are you even trying? Because look, the, we are far past the point of there ever being a salary cap in baseball. Like it, it is going to be very very long time until we try to figure until that bar lowers with the contracts that have been given out. So at least try to put a minimum on the teams that teams should be spending yearly. Like if you don't meet this, you lose a draft pick or something along the lines. Because you look at teams like look, the Rockies we're, we're a fucking joke. Don't get me wrong, we're a fucking joke. But at least we spent money. At least, at least, at least, at least there's jerseys being sold. Talk about the Orioles and talk about um, uh, the the likes of the athletics. Those teams that just don't fucking buy any that that don't put seats and stands that that just don't go out and spend the Pirates, for instance. No, those teams you gotta be able to at least pay something. So I love that. I love them trying to figure that out. Look, I, I, I can I, I sit here and I trash baseball all the time, but I would be reminisced to say I'm not excited to watch Chris Bryant because I lived in Chicago or I was I was in Illinois when the Cubs won the World Series. I, I, I had friends who were Cubs fans. That's what freshman year of college. So I had friends who were Cubs fans and I and I was a Cubs homer because of where I was <laughs> because I didn't want to be my ass kicked. And I had a Chris Bryant Cubs shirt because the last name on it, but I definitely will be getting a Chris Bryant Rockies jersey. So I'm excited for him to see that. But as, as, as a Rockies fan, I see a vision. Right now it's bleak. Don't get me wrong, it's bleak. I see a vision. Bill Schmidt is willing to spend money. Look, the Trevor Story thing was never going to be repaired. Let's get that straight. That was never going to be repaired. He was long gone. Nolan Aaron was long gone. Chris Bryant is not going to win anything for probably five, six years here. But and he may not. He's he, not going to be here for six years. And he's going to be here shot. for two, and we're going to get rid of his ass too. Probably, probably a good shot that doesn't happen. But Bill Schmidt, like the the the. 
trading Tapia for Gritchick. Tapia, good, good ball player, but that leaves room for Zach Veen. Zach Veen is the absolute stud who plays a double-A ball for the Rockies right now, who was a top-10 pick two years ago. Room for him to be called up. And then you have um, 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 room to grow with Brendan Rogers, Ryan McMahon, who are who, who honestly, Ryan McMahon is a very, very underrated third baseman defenseman. He's, he's, he's absolutely incredible over there at third base. His bat has to be there at times. But this team, if they just figure out pitching, like, like, and you have you, you have jersey sales now. You have a guy to sell jerseys and Chris Bryant. And now you just need to figure out everything else. And, and the and look fix at, everything else. I know fix everything else. I know that's a big word. It's fix everything else. But I see a vision. When you didn't trade Trevor Story and you just and you were just letting him walk, there was no vision. When you traded Nolan and sent fifty million dollars in cash in a fucking world where there's no fucking salary cap, that was no vision. And under under that fucker, I don't, I don't even remember his name, but I'm not even gonna say his name. The general manager, a fucking doctor over there. I don't that guy was Jim. Nope, don't don't. I don't even remember his name, Jim. I don't know who you're talking about. He's a neurosurgeon. We should give but, him some respect. No, no idea who you're talking about. Under that guy, he had no vision. This team, at least, has a vision to sell seats, to try to get things going. And they, look, the, 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 we we were awarded a city connect jersey. That I'm looking at the socks right now. The jersey's going to be fucking fire. So I'm, I'm buying a Chris Bryant jersey of that. So we got a few things going for us, right? Like like we like said, it's. It's something to do during the summer, right? We didn't have that. Like at least, at least, because look, I no one, no one was gonna go to games and watch baseball for like for fucking uh, Ryan McMahon and Brandon Rogers. Chris Bryant at least makes you sell a thousand tickets more a game. It may not be much, but it's a thousand tickets more than you weren't gonna sell if you didn't have somebody. And those jerseys, no one was gonna buy a fucking jersey. Who the hell's jersey am I gonna buy if Chris Bryant wasn't here? Herman, Herman, who probably is gonna be gone in a year. Like Chris Bryant, at least like at least it's opening up a paycheck. I don't understand why we did it. I, it's the biggest head scratcher move in the world. I don't know why they fucking decided. Well, Chris Bryant, fuck it, he wants to play here. Let's let's. I, that's another thing. Chris Bryant just said, "Fuck it, I'm getting the bag." <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna live I've in a never been a part state. of a losing organization. Oh, oh, be prepared. I'm just gonna go get a bag and and uh, uh and and just live in the beautiful state that we live in. So I can't blame him for that. And you know what? I like I said, I, I'm gonna be buying a Chris Bryant jersey because I love having my last name on jerseys for players that are in the, are in professional sports. But it's it is what it is. Baseball. I, I'll, I I'll, I'll watch, I guess, more games, I guess, now than I probably would last year, I guess. I don't know. We're still, we're, it's not like we're, it, it's not like we're the fucking best team in this division. We're still a fourth best team, but instead of fifth, we're fourth now. It's still ahead of the D-back, so we got that going for us. Yeah, I, I guess there's worse places to go every single week to get beat 80, 82 times a year. At least you get a nice view to look at while you're getting shellacked. Um, uh, my main issue, I think they need to be spending more money and it's the owners, you know, revenue increased 40%, player salaries decreased like 10. It, it's kind of crazy how baseball contracts, the guys that get paid, get paid, but everybody else make peanuts. And it, there's no amenities at the minor league levels. You, you're playing for absolutely nothing. So there, there's a lot that needs to be fixed. We had Christian on last week for a bonus episode on Friday. And we were talking both like it needs to start at the top 
Manfred, even if we want to just go for the Rockies, it has to start at the top. Monfart has to be willing to lose some money now and build a team that can compete if we want to compete for championships. Or I think that he's kind of just taking the approach that you just said. People are going to come out to the stadium. They're going to enjoy a beer at the rooftop bar. You know, other teams, executives come to Coors Field, like even even other sports executives come to Coors Field and try and figure out how to make the stadium venue more enticing. They're good at that. They are fantastic. They just suck at putting together a baseball team. Outside of one month and, and fucking 2007, the Rockies have just been one of the la- laughing stocks of baseball for ever since they walked in the door. So – I don't know. Like I said, I'm very lucky right now because three of my four teams are are either playoff bound or just made the offseason move of the century. <laughs> Whether it be for the Avs, best in hockey, Nuggets with Jokic, and the two-time MVP, and Russell Wilson now being a Bronco. One team has to take a step back. So I guess I, I'm happy it's the team I like the least. Or like, yeah, like the least. Yeah, I do, uh, you know, there's worse things to have happen than three out of your four teams being really, really good. And I have the same situation because I think the Bengals so far have not done anything to make me dread next football season yet. But, yeah, the Rockies, even the Yankees, the Yankees didn't do anything this offseason. They look like they're going to be trash too. So baseball just might not exist. It's PLL season, Nico. Hey, they're they're coming back to Denver. Luckily, I don't fucking drive to Springs to go watch them. But they will be here in Denver during the summer, so I can't wait to see them. Oh, and by the way, DU is playing in the Frozen Four on Thursday. Uh, That's their semifinal game, and and they could be making it back to the national championship. I just I watched the the end of the quarterfinal game on Sunday. Uh, Don't ask me. People forget how how successful DU is in terms of universities around Colorado. CU hasn't won shit in so long. CSU hasn't really ever won shit. Um, Pueblo is good, but it's D2. So I, I know you love D2 football. And West, it's D2 football, though. It's not DU. But DU has won a lacrosse uh, national championship the last five years. They've won a national hockey championship. They're, they're one of the most successful universities in the state. So shout out to you. Yeah. Uh, speaking of D2, also this Friday, it's another bonus episode. Uh, we will be having former, actually not former, Western Colorado University Mountaineer wrestler and All-American at the D2 level, Hunter Mullen. He's coming on. He was a part of that. We talked to Coach Pfeiffer when we went to High Alpine Brewing Company now almost a year a, a year and a half ago. That's crazy that that trip has been, yeah, it's been, it's been quite a while since we made that trip. But Coach Pfeiffer was uh, one of the wrestlers when he came in and told them that the tournament was canceled due to COVID. Hunter was getting prepared to compete at that tournament for the very first time. And then after that, he had a whole bunch of struggles and found himself fighting his way back to making an All-American status this year at the NCAA tournament. So Hunter's coming on Friday. That's going to be a great story for you guys to listen to uh, on bonus-wise. So be sure, if you're not following the podcast when you're listening already, be sure to do so and then leave a five-star rating and a review. Uh, that's going to bring, bring us to the end of Episode 78. Nick, I, I, you're – I didn't sense any rust. How would you feel coming back now uh, after the, your, your little bit of time off? Oh, my voice is a little bit of hoarse, so <laughs> I'm going to have to drink some tea before I go to bed. But, yeah, no, like I said, I, I appreciate you being patient with me. The last month and a half has been just an absolute fucking headache for me um, outside outside of a lot of different things. So, uh, But, like I said, I could not I, – I was inching. I was itching to get back. I just had to figure out when it was a good timing, and, and, and I'm – 
super excited to get everything going. We have a brand new fucking logo that's fucking sick. Like there's there's a lot more things going on. You you've been doing a hell of a job. Like I said, it, it, we may be nearing the off season, quote unquote. But like I said, there's so much there's so much to talk about still. Yeah, hopefully we have some more announcements coming down the pike, some more new stuff going on. Be sure follow at FEOTB Pod, all of our social medias. If you're competing for that $150 gift card in our March Madness Challenge, you whoever follow. comes in seconds, whoever comes in second, by the way, I wish you luck yeah. because I'm obviously uh, winning when Kansas wins it all. You got to follow all of our socials at FEOTB Pod as well as our YouTube channel. Subscribe there, at far end of the bench, to see our visual content that we put out each week. Um, and uh, yeah, I. Other than that, I, I think this has been a, a solid episode, jam-packed episode. We'll have our segments return next week. We just had way too much news to have to cover all at once. So we'll be back next Wednesday for more sports nonsense during the offseason. Um, before before we do get to the end, I did want to just mention real quick, uh, be if, if you would, my, wouldn't mind keeping my family in your thoughts Thursday, we, we do have some things going on um, that we could use some some positive energy um, and make sure that, that everything does go smoothly on Thursday morning. It's going to be uh, an interesting day, but hopefully everything we're, we're, we have faith that everything's going to go well. But if you could just send a, a positive thought out to, to my family, it would, it would mean a lot. So um, hey, no, hey, nothing stronger than that Italian fucking stallion family over there, the fucking Pisons, the fucking Palados. So I know everything's going to work out, brother. Yeah, I, I think it'll be, I think everything's going to be great, but uh, we do appreciate it. And we appreciate everybody, you guys tuning in to episode 78 of the Far End Bench podcast. For myself, Jimmy Pilato, my co host, Nico Bryan, thank you very much for tuning in. We will see you next week. Peace. This is the blues I'm playing. Yes, it's a fine old thing When the night is cold and lonely This is a dollar bill piece. Was it the money that made me a savage? Popping them prices and I made it a habit Towing them pistols and serving them addicts